It is Feel Good Friday, January 15th. Hilarious show today. Thank you so much for choosing to listen. Let's get right to it. And the divisional round is tomorrow. This show shall begin since Twine had the beat drop. I do believe we're going to be debuting some songs on today's show. Everybody knows we have to have independent artist music on our show because we stream live on YouTube and the lawyers come down with massive hammers and strikes and ruin your entire business. If you play any songs that don't that have licenses elsewhere. Mm -hmm. Which, by the way, shout out to the musicians, getting your money, you deserve it, or whatever. We just don't want to lose our business. So, some independent artists have sent us some songs. And, by the way, King Cots, Hype Like Aaron Rodgers, will be debuting today. Oh, my For those that didn't know, yesterday we got a phone call very late in the show, uh, and it was a rapper from Richmond, Virginia, named King Cots. And the Cots wasn't for the shitty bed that is found in hotels in some apartments. No, it was because his first name and last name uh, sound like Cots, and he put a Z on the end of it. Mm -hmm. He's an independent lyricist, is how he described his music, and he dropped a song today. We will run it. Uh, I assume there will be real reaction because King Cots told us to do that to the song is real reaction Uh all right i will say i heard the early results of the poll of the room on how they felt about the song there are some real haters in the studio of the song really Really? yeah i'm just that's just me walking through the office kind of dropping an ear in some thoughts and conversations seeing some other things that feels like there are some in not everybody but just from my early kind of reading of the room Seems like there is some potential hate for King Cots's uh, hype like Aaron Rodgers. And and I'll yeah. tell you what, if if the song's good, I won't stand for it, boys. Yeah. Can't wait to hear it. I don't know why you're I'm looking talking at me. to you. I know. I'm no. talking directly to you. That's oh, anti Schmidt. That's uh, at Boston Connor was also being a bit negative. Yeah, I haven't heard it. At Tone Diggs. That's a lie. Nope. You yeah, you did the little ear poke he thing. Did. You did I did the see what you're doing. Thing. Tone Diggs is here with a hat on because it's National, National Hat Day. National Hat Day. Happy National Hat Day. Happy nice. National Hat Day. We made it. We did it. You took the COVID cowboy hat off because the COVID cowboy was entrenched in battle for about 24 hours. <laughs> He's a rat. You took the hat off. Now you got a little bit more of a Nate Burleson uh, oh, fashionable hat. Look on you look good. Thank you. Yeah, the uh, this is a feel-good Friday. This is more of a feel-good hat. The cowboy hat is for when you're going to war, my friend. Yeah, and you need the six-shooter out there. At Viva the Zito sitting on the couch. Zito, uh, Chicago native, Bears Shut fan. Down. Uh, that place is hilarious. The owners have no idea they're the owners of the team. I they think do not. That is kind of becoming a pretty fun like uh, storyline here that's kind of building. And it, it's not great if you're a Bears fan. No. Well, maybe it is. I don't know. Maybe it is. It but for us, it's a lot of fun because right. the Internet's reaction to every time the owners of the Bears speak is awesome. Uh, a lot of the reactions are, uh, uh, do these people even know that they are in the NFL? Like uh, They were talking about how um, in a regular job, if you struggle, like you learn from that and you continue yeah. to grow, which, by the way, love the patience but a lot of people were like oh these people have no idea that they're in a very competitive cutthroat league yeah, very forgiving yeah they are very forgiving which by the way would love to go work for a place like <laughs> oh, that. Nice. Yeah. who knows if they'll be able to keep up with people that are flying uh, coaches into their yachts or talking shit on other potential spots who mm. knows if they'll be able to do that i hope they will today your you. poll i think is going to be the biggest one of the week massive for sure what is today's poll zito which divisional round game are you most excited about 
Uh, last place right now, Bronze versus Chiefs, 21.2%. Rams versus Packers, 23%. And then we got Buccaneers. Oh, actually, that was last place. Oh, oh no. no. Oh, yeah. no. 18.3. Yeah, it's okay. You did, It was an early run here. I came to you very early. <laughs> yeah. That's on me. Usually I prepare my brain 20 times before oh, I talk. Only f- that's not true at all. Only 1,500 votes so far. Yeah. In Zito, I had heard that potentially there's some other polls that are getting oh, very no. large. There was rumblings. There was rumblings. There's- I did some research. Okay. You can buy votes. Yeah. Uh, I don't want to say people are buying votes out would, there. Yeah. No, no, no. I would never say it, but I did did some research. It is like about? a little accountability. Yeah. That was the accountability. I did the research. I, I copied I copied a, a, a vote that was happening on Twitter. Yep. Okay. And I sent it to Zito and I go, hey, this vote, this poll is getting big, dude. Hey, this is getting okay. big. This morning, Zito walks up to me like on the slide. He goes, I read about last night. You can yeah. buy votes online. Oh, I was like, what are you no. talking about? He's like, yep, they're buying votes or whatever. <laughs> I was like, are you serious? I was like, okay. He said, I did the research. And he even had like a, almost a full layout yeah. of how oh, yeah. your poll is still the most interactive poll, you believe. I do believe so because we do not buy votes here. Okay. And uh, we just have a little message for you guys. Be a friend. Promote the vote. Promote the vote. Promote, promote, promote the vote. Promote the vote. the vote. Promote the vote. Promote the vote. Yes. And they can find that at Viva Lazito on Twitter. Yes, sir. And do you think that this is a good poll for Feel Good Friday going into the divisional round? This is the ultimate Feel Good Friday vote of all time. Okay, and which one do you think is going to end up winning the vote? Honestly, I do believe Ravens-Bills is going to be on oh. top. Hey, really? No. How come? It already is, but... Bills Mafia. Yes. Bills Mafia, very active on your yeah. polls. Very, very active. Yeah. Also, the Chiefs Kingdom will wake up about halfway through the show. Uh-huh. They have not been waking up recently. Oh, wow. no. They sleeping? Oh, oh yeah. Oh, yeah. Chiefs Kingdom back and Don. The dog pound will beat they're them the up. They're the new Patriots. They don't care until the AFC Championship. Right? Yeah, they're getting That's bored. The truth. Like, hey, season starts now. Congrats. Okay, yeah. here we are. We got home field advantage. No shit. Okay. Yeah, finally. Let's, let, by the way, will the players think like that? Ooh. Like that's last season. We talked about this yesterday on Hammer Don, which is a gambling podcast that comes out of this studio alongside Diggs, Gumpy, and Lombardi. We say things, and now, now we have the greatest soccer better of all time in Gumpy. Yeah. Okay, he's still hot. He's unbelievable. Mm-hmm. He should have an OnlyFans just for his soccer mm-hmm. picks because yeah. that's how sexy and delicious those things are, and people should be paying for it. Yeah. Okay, that is that is a real thing there. And Diggs is one of the hottest football betters on earth right now. But we were talking just yesterday. Last Last playoff run, the Chiefs' defense decided, like, hey, we're going to take it up another yeah. level. Mm-hmm. Remember, Tyron Matthews started, like, hey, now, now this matters. The defense started hunting. They started going. And everybody's like, with this defense playing the way they are, with Tyron Matthew, the landlord, calling shots, they can beat anybody. Now, granted, they were down 20-some nothing at one point early in a game. So maybe the defense slipped in. But it felt like the defense, last playoff run, had this ability to get a stop when they had to, where maybe in the season, because Patrick Mahomes is so good the defense is on the field a lot they weren't able to do it is this going to be the same type of thing are the chiefs going to decide like all right boys here we go if we focus for one month one month we get another super bowl like let's go ahead and go all out that's that's starting to feel like a possibility whenever you think about how that game is going to play out now hey jarvis landry is just on a show here yeah yeah i am a big jarvis landry fan huge love jarvis. huge jarvis landry fan i mean he's got a He's got a fire alarm in his house that needs to change the batteries. Yeah, just a little. Okay, because that thing's just beeping, letting him know, like, hey, just a, just, a, just a quick heads up. Yeah, the last time he was he on, was the same thing. it was the same thing. So I wonder if it's, 
I wonder, this is probably the, we, we probably like, lived out the life expectancy. Oh, there you go. <laughs> we literally just so happened to catch it. It's yep. like when, when you're on this show, it's about time to change the batteries and they'll tell you or whatever. I love Jarvis Landry, love that Browns team, love what they got cooking. But the more and more I think about it, there's a chance that we see Patrick Mahomes and the boys dancing in the first quarter if they want to. Now, will they, they have not done that all season. And I don't think the Browns team is a team that will just let that happen. What I'm saying is I think there's a chance you see, like, a very motivated Chiefs team. And, by the way, this season, whenever they had to be motivated and make a play, they would win the game. Like, that's just – the games are so close. They never covered. They cost all of us a lot of fucking money because there was a lot of weeks where you go, the Chiefs should kill this team, and they didn't. But when they had to make a play, they always made a play. The playoffs – do they have the mindset that, hey, we have now is the time we have to make plays? And will they dance all over the Browns? Or will the Browns continue this incredible ride, get their coach back, get some players back? Here we go. What if the Browns are just a team of destiny at this point? When you were with the Colts, does that first round buy when you're, you know, getting back into it, when you're getting closer to game time, is it revved up a little? Or I was too young. Time? Yeah. I was too young. <laughs> yeah. It was my rookie year, you know. We're just chilling there that bye week. I wish I remembered yeah. like exactly what it was mm-hmm. like. That it's an awesome time to kind of refresh, though. Yeah. You know what I mean? Get the body right, and not for me specifically, but for the team. You see a lot of people like, okay, we'll get this guy back. This guy was playing at like sixty-eight percent. Now he's up to like maybe eighty because he's got some yeah. rehab and some rest on it. So the bye week, although it can kind of just mess everything up with your flow. I mean, Ooh, with the Steelers, true. they figured out how to play football again, and then they took a bye week, and first it felt play. like, yeah, first play, snap over the head, the whole thing. And, you know, they can't, it feels like also maybe these teams just got better. Like, maybe the Green Bay Packers got some people healthier, yep. mm-hmm. got some people fresher, feeling comfortable, and maybe they won't miss a beat at all after, like, the greatest offensive season maybe in the history of the Packers organization, for sure in the Packers organization. They were just unstoppable, but will they get healthy? Same with the Chiefs. They were able to win games. Well, now will they dominate people like they're supposed to? I guess that's what we're supposed to gamble on. And as we talked about on Hammer Don yesterday, Andy Reid off a bye is absurd. 23-5 and five straight up and 28-8 and eight against the spread. Now, Jeez. granted, normal bye weeks, right? You know mm-hmm. who you're playing. You can prepare for an True. entire week True. or two weeks. This particular time, he didn't get that. So even though they had off time, they didn't have the standard two-week prepare thing like Andy Reid would probably normally have. But is that more the X's and O's, or is it more the humans are fresh so Andy Reid can just run them six miles, which is what mm-hmm. he does with his offenses? You'll see Tyreek Hill run four miles this yeah. weekend probably at this point. What's that, talk? Do you think the Chiefs are good? It just seems like the Chiefs aren't going to cover. I mean, like the, I don't think anyone thinks they're actually going to lose, but I feel like the like I do not think this is going to be a blowout. I mean, it just it just feels like. But you have no idea. Like I no feel idea. Like we have no idea. Like but, that's the. I had that thought all week. I was like, ten points is so many points. Talk to Jarvis. Feels like the boys in the locker room very motivated in yeah. Cleveland. It isn't like they're happy to be where they're at. You know, even though they haven't been to the AFC Championship since nineteen eighty nine. Oh, jeez. Okay, nineteen eighty nine. The Browns have not got there. It just. It feels like I've all week with alongside you, like 10 points is so many points. There's no way. But you could easily see in your head, if you start thinking about it, Patrick Mahomes just the first time down, just throwing three yeah. touchdowns bum, bum, in the first bum, quarter. And just yeah. being like, okay, like that could happen. We've been banking on that all season, though, right? Mm-hmm. We, every time we bet on the Chiefs and lost inevitably on the Chiefs, that's what we were banking on. Is it because now it's the playoffs and they know that they only have to focus for three games? Like, hey, we have to go all out and focus for three games. Last year, we had the shortest offseason of anybody. Now, granted, 
uh, we got all of our players back. Okay, we brought everybody back. It's hard to go back to back because sometimes complacency can set in. But instead, we had Zoom calls where everybody bought in. We still got the home field advantage of this thing. Now, for three weeks, all we got to do is just dial it in. Or three games, we just got to dial. I mean, it feels like they could go and it would make 100% sense. But then betting against a 10-point spread so many. on a team that just, you know, could have lost to the Steelers for sure, but feel like they're incredibly hot. They had no coach last week. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's just – it's very – that's an interesting game to bet on. All of them are kind of, but did, that's an interesting one. Did you see this week's bulletin board material for the uh, Browns that Sammy Watkins said? No. What is Sammy, Sammy Watkins, by the way, incredibly deep thinker. So mm-hmm. Would love to talk to him sometimes. Could be an alien. Sammy was tweeting during the Steelers game, and then one, another player on the team said, looks like we got some comp next week. And then Sammy replied and said, I wouldn't go that far. Whoa. LOL. I love it. <laughs> I absolutely love it. I like those things. And I think, I think I've been very, very stern on that point. Like, I enjoy whenever people, you know, uh, there's different ways of being competitive, and I'm 100% okay with the people that talk shit, if you're good. Now, if you talk shit and lose, like, okay, like, and maybe we move on to a new, more self-aware version of competition for this guy or, mm-hmm, yeah. or a girl. You know what I mean? So that's how, But Sammy Watkins, what, he'd been there, done that basically with everything, kind of an OG. Mm-hmm. Him talking shit, now he's going to have to have a game, which is going to be difficult because Sammy Watkins, I mean, how many balls do you have over there? Sammy Watkins balled out last playoff run, mm-hmm. helped them win the Super Bowl. Now, if Cleveland does a Marcus Peters and remembers this, I will be also pumped. Uh-huh. I just like good competitive banter. I like whenever people get involved. I like good mental jousting or verbal jousting. So I love what Sammy Watkins. I do believe Sammy missed practice earlier in the week, so I don't even know oh. if he's confirmed to be playing on Sammy. Even better. Look at this. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Hey, I'm not playing, but you guys, I've been watching. You guys are <laughs> okay. Uh-huh. All right, I just watched that game. I watched that game. Now, a lot of his teammates are potentially like, hey, you're not even playing. Let's go ahead and relax. But I wouldn't let him know if I was his teammate. I would have been like, yeah. hey, shoot your gun, Sammy. Do what go you ahead. got Hey, Sammy, you do what you got to do. They're not going to do anything to me, man. <laughs> if your tweet makes them block a punt better, all right, then I'm going to be pissed. But if, the, if your tweet that you're not in there potentially makes them want to tackle more, not because they're in a divisional playoff game, but because of your tweet, then maybe I'll be upset about it. That's what it's going to take for the Browns to to win, though, right? Is they're going to have to have like a probably a, a special teams touchdown and a defensive touchdown some way. Yeah, you got to steal a possession or three, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah, I think you got to you got to do that. Patrick Mahomes has thrown some picks this year, though. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. I mean, it, it's it's very abnormal. Obviously, he's unbelievable at football, but this year has not been as smooth sailing as last year felt. But granted, we also forget they were down like twenty four or something like that. And they just go back to win. So I think our our memories of them are the bursts of greatness that they had that were always good enough to win against everybody. This year it's been the same goddamn thing, just much low scoring, less highlights, and Pat has turned the ball over. It's just who's going to beat the Chiefs? You know, like can you beat the Chiefs? The Chiefs are kind of like, um, you know, they have like that Mamba mentality. Like, hey, we'll be in the game, we'll be in the game. But when a play is needed, all right, here we go. We're going to get this. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Will the Browns' defense in those massive moments beat the Patrick Mahomes, Andy Reid Chiefs who have made a fucking living off of getting plays that they have to have? That's just what it is. You watch any of their games, fourth quarter, 50-some seconds left, 
third and forever or fourth and forever, it's like, yeah, they're going to get this play. If the Browns can make those plays, mm-hmm. they win. And then that makes you that leads you to believe that the 10 points is enough to cover that. But, boy, you could see them doing piggybacks in the first quarter. <laughs> yeah. That's an interesting game to think about. I think that one wins the polls. I think oh, that yeah. one – I believe the, the Chiefs-Browns is going to be – I think that's the one I'm maybe most excited for. Nah, Ooh. nah, Aaron Rodgers, yeah. Yeah, yeah watch uh-huh. it. Yeah. Jared just throw a ball in the snow. Is it snowing up there? Uh, I don't believe so, but it's going to be very cold at kickoff. Like Below very, freezing. Oh, no, so, no, not like, I mean, not what like what he was talking about earlier this week with like minus 15 or whatever, but it's going to be cold. Well, is it, he said that he was in where? It was minus 40 the night in before Chicago. the game. Yeah. Yeah. Chicago. It was a minus 40. That's Chicago weather, baby. We played in Minnesota. The Vikings, it was minus 25. Ooh, yikes. How do, they, how do you measure that? Windchill. Was that when it was outdoors? No, no, thank God. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking remember that they were playing on yeah. asphalt because the yeah. turf was yeah. frozen. <laughs> frozen tundra. After had, had to play there late in the season. I'm pretty sure Favre got a concussion bouncing his head off the turf. <laughs> They're playing fucking pond football, dude. Yeah. They're playing pond hockey on the University of Minnesota Gophers Field or whatever. Yeah, it was minus twenty something or whatever. Getting from the bus to the stadium, it was like. And then, then that, I think that was when I started leading to the conversation of how do they, how do they measure negative degrees? Hmm. That's an interesting thought. Thank you. Whole place. That's what I did. I, I thought, <laughs> it's wind chill. Yeah, but how do they measure it? Well, how, how fast the wind's coming in. How do, you, how do you measure the absence of a degree in a negative fashion? Yeah. I don't know how you do it. I honestly don't know. I'm sure there's some scientist yeah. mm-hmm. or scientician in the goddamn thing here that will tell us on Develops the Because what's freezing method. point? Freezing point's negative 10? 32 degrees. Is mm-hmm. I, I is think it? you just get to zero, and then if it gets colder, right, you let's just get, say, you know, let's, Is that true? Let's change, uh, let's change the <laughs> switch. Yeah. Uh, Come on. You every day. You're a graduate that of college. That was a good shot, That was a good shot. <laughs> <laughs> Only uh, 20 off. All right. By the so, way, Pat, double-digit favorites are 6-1 and one against the spread in the divisional round since 2010. Okay. Okay. Thank you. So that helps me out a lot. So um, that – oh, I de- but there is a one there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, one. So it has happened before. Um, joining us now is a man who we are very thankful for his time this season. Oh, Always yeah. gives us a great conversation. Now it's a divisional round conversation with this man. He's won Super Bowls. He's called games. What? He hosts a show. He's been a soap opera actor. Oh, yeah. Whoa. Yeah. It's it, real. Big Let's screen, go. too. Red Dawn. Yeah, and he was in a movie or Holy two. Holy shit. Yeah, and he will walk into your gym when this whole COVID thing passes, and he will out-alpha you on the bench press and then just walk away still to this point. Ladies and gentlemen, Denver Bronco legend, NFL hero, Mark Schlerz. Yeah! Oh, yeah. Yeah. Hey, man, how's it going? That's a great introduction, by the way. I really appreciate that. No, I hope it was all true, and I hope you uh, you just deserve all the thanks, you know what I mean, for everything that you do. Uh, is that... Are you in Colorado right now? It looks clear skies. It looks beautiful out there. I am in beautiful Colorado. I'm sitting in the parking lot of my gym. I'm about ready to go alpha on people. <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, thank you for joining us before going in there to, uh, you know, get swolled up, yoked up. Let's yeah. talk real quick. Something uh, I did not know you were the center for Scott Linehan at Idaho. Is that an accurate thing or is the Internet lying to us? And he has been an offense coordinator for a long time. It is alleged that Urban Meyer and he have potentially talked about the job in Jacksonville. Uh, what, what do we I didn't really know this guy even existed there for a bit. And I'm learning a lot about him currently. He's been in the NFL a long time. Do you have any thoughts about that whole thing? Yeah, Lenny's a great guy. Um, and, you know, he was the head coach, and he's been uh, on offensive coordinator forever. Uh, and he's a smart offensive – he's just a smart offensive football coach. Great dude. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, you know, I think, interestingly enough, Urban Meyer, if you've ever talked to him, Urban Meyer is so smart. Um, and, you know, he's so aware. There's there's the there's the overall intelligence, right, the IQ, and then there's the emotional quotient, I guess, the uh, the emotional part, which is really – to me, the most important part when you're talking about somebody's awareness, somebody's intelligence, how they handle uh, that transition. You know, you get a lot of guys that go from the college game to the professional game and aren't aware of some of the things that they need to be aware of. And and oftentimes they struggle. And I was talking to Matt Rule earlier in this season, and he talked about that transition and how much more you have to be aware of situational football when you go to the National Football League and how much more important that is because every game is close. You don't have, you know, you're not playing the blind sisters of the poor and beating them 55 to 14. It just doesn't work that way. So uh, Urban is a very smart guy. Urban's a very intelligent and very thought thoughtful person. So uh, I love the fact that you're going to bring in some guys with NFL kind of, you know, NFL pedigree to, uh, to help you along the way if that is if that is the direction he goes in. Stink, we have an entire list of all the college coaches that have gone to the NFL in their records and everything. And obviously, Matt Rule, one year into this, he's at the top at 5-11. and 11, But there's a lot more that have not succeeded than there has been that have succeeded. In your analysis there of Urban Meyer, it sounds like you think that he has the mental wherewithal to know that he's going to have to adjust maybe because he's dealing with men now as opposed to college kids. We were watching his press conference uh, as we were coming in here today. He had a press conference he it, it sounded like he was very him and he said me and shot are going to have a partnership through this thing there's going to be transparency uh shot wants to win they've been talking for an entire year at this point i mean and listening to him talk about how you know on the offensive side whenever you got dwayne haskins as a quarterback you're gonna throw the ball 50 times then he said whenever you have ezekiel Elliott, you're gonna run the ball a little bit more he said we will adjust with what players we have because people ask him about what he's looking for in an offensive coordinator and everything like that and then he didn't really sell that they were going to draft Trevor Lawrence, even though everybody assumes that they're going to. Is that what you're referring to, though? And is that something that a lot of these coaches just didn't have? Is it an arrogance, you think? Is it a stubbornness? Is it a what do you think it is that some of the guys haven't had a success in the transition? Well, I, I think I think a lot of times you come in with a, um, you know, just a, a thought of this is what I am. This is what I do. This is my system. This is the way it works. And then you get in the NFL, and it's you know it's shockingly different. It's just a different game all the way from. I'll tell you one of the big adjustments a lot of college coaches have, and, and I've talked to multiple college coaches and players. It's just the hash marks, just the lack of space yeah. on, on one side of the football field changes the way you call plays. Changes the way. Think about this. And I've talked to Urban Meyer about the hash marks. He goes, you know, if I got on one hash. On the, on the far hash, the short side of the field, I can sit there and talk to my quarterback while he's still in the huddle. Uh, mm. I, can, I can make adjustments and I can shift players in and out where the defense can't necessarily or the other team can't necessarily match 
those you know those adjustments uh, and and I can get them stuck just on one side of the field I can get them stuck in in a in a personnel grouping that they don't have any ability to match up so it's just a different ball game and coming into the NFL you have to understand what you don't kind of what you don't know the other thing is, is you've got to establish an identity based on the players that you have and this is, I think, a really hard thing to do because guys get married to a system. And the system has to be, hey, what is my player best at? And how can I give my player the best opportunity to have success? That's something that I think all good coaches have to morph into and start to understand that this is the way it goes. And and I, I do believe, you know, Urban understands that aspect of it and he'll be able to uh, – to achieve that, if you will. Yeah, that's what he said today, basically. He didn't, it was very interesting listening to him talk because I don't think I'd paid attention much to Urban Meyer. And I guess I, I wasn't always a diehard college football fan. I understood he was good. Then, you know, you see him on TV. I listen to him break some things down. I'm like, okay, it's good coach speak there. Listening to that entire press conference, I was rather impressed with the way it was all handled. Now, granted, uh, the con sent him a Lear jet. I mean, a yeah, mid-sized yeah, yeah. jet. That was a very interesting move. You know, I, I think Ursays would have sent him a G5 or G6 mm-hmm. out there. Could have got him at least a Hawker, maybe a little bit bulker mm-hmm. thing. But the, I think the Jacksonville Jaguars are in for an entire new page. I'm excited to see how it plays out. Let's talk about Bob Salah. Bob Salah gets a job at uh, the New York Jets over the Philadelphia Eagles and anywhere else, basically. Uh, you've gotten a chance, I assume, to talk to him personally. We yeah. have not. How do you think this fares? And is this big Joe Douglas telling him, like, hey, let's go ahead and win this thing. And also, uh, don't even think about going to the Eagles. That place is on fire right now. Yeah, you know, I, I tell you, he's been one of the guys that I've had a chance to connect with. I was texting with him today um, that I just love. I mean, I love his attitude. I love his connectivity. Uh, I love that, you know, I always say this about business or about radio and something that you've done exceptionally well. And, and you know, I am sucking up to you, but I mean this wholeheartedly, <laughs> oh. is that you're either in the relationship business or you're going out of business. That's just the way it works. And I don't care what I don't care what realm of work you're in. If you're not creating a relationship with the people that you work with, and if they don't become more important than yourself, then you'll never have success. Hmm. And it's one of the things I love about Robert, man. He is so connected to his players. He is so connected. And, and he's one of those guys as a coach that takes that responsibility. Um, if we don't play well, it's on me because I didn't put you in a position to succeed. And I take it personally. And I love that aspect uh, of Robert Sala. He's been one of the guys that I have just really connected with the last several years of calling games for Fox. And a guy that I just hope, like, he's one of the good guys that I just want the good guys to have success. I want those guys to go out there and win. And his players play their ass off. For him. Yeah, there's and, some. There's, that, hey, to me, is a testament to the kind of person he is. Hey, think there's some turds out there everywhere, you know? So whenever <laughs> you see good guys get good right. jobs, it's like it's an awesome, awesome thing. Um, you do, you've done some consulting, right? You've told mm-hmm. us in the past for some teams. Sure. Let's say a team said, hey, Stink, will you come be a coach for us? Has that ever been something you've ever thought about? I feel like, by the way, I feel like, by the way, as I'm following people on social media, guys that I never thought would be coaches, they're seeing what some coaches are making and some coaches' decisions are made, and you're seeing a lot more players, I think, go like, I think I could probably go coach a little bit better than that. But uh, coaching is an entire lifestyle. Has that ever been something you thought about? Uh, yeah, I've thought about it, and I've had, you know, I've had a lot of offers um, and, and, you know, still get offers that trickle in every year. Um, <laughs> and, it, you know, if it was the right situation – if it was the right situation uh, for the right person, 
you know, I would I would definitely do that. I, there's there's no question. Um, just because I love the game, I, I love I love the nuance of the game and the understanding of the game um, at a higher level and what it takes to be successful, especially at the position that I played. Um, and and so to be able to teach that and to be able to to work with that and to even to, just to be able to consult with some teams. Uh, I tell you what, it does scratch an itch. There's no question, but it would have to be the right person and the right opportunity. And uh, and let's face it, you know, I, I I do fairly well for myself, so it have to be the right uh, it have to be the right cash flow too. Yeah, that's might be the largest sunroof I've ever seen in my entire life. It's what do you uh, you don't have to tell us. Oh, so, uh, yeah, listen, man, it's it's a dealer deal. Hey, if it's free, it's for me and I'll take three. It's uh X five. Yeah, it's it's a little BMW X five. Wow. Hell yeah. Hey, some team's gonna have to pay their offensive line coach if they want to get some greatness in there. <laughs> hey, let's talk about this weekend. Divisional round games. I'm excited for this weekend. I think this is maybe the best weekend of the NFL season. We've talked about it off air. Last week, super wildcard weekend was awesome. But if you got caught in a bad game, they were kind of holding you hostage there for like three and a half, four hours. And I think that kind of happened. Saints Bears, even though we all watched, it was just like, okay, I wish there was another. This time, two games Saturday, two games Sunday. All of them have a chance to be an absolute incredible game. Just everything could be great about it. What are you looking forward to this weekend? How do you see some games going? Uh, you know, I, I mean, I think this is the best weekend in sports. I mean, I, I just think Agreed. that these are these are great matchups, great teams, like you said. Um, you know, one of the things that – one of my main takeaways from Super Wildcard Weekend, you know, we get so enamored with quarterbacks, and you guys have – you know, Aaron Rodgers on every week, one of the best that's ever played the game. And I love Aaron, and he's a phenomenal player. But I tell you what, go back to Wild Card Week and think about this. Show me the team that captured the line of scrimmage. Show me the team that physically whooped up on the other team. I'll show you the team that won every game. Um, and and that's, a, that's a big part of, of, you know, kind of my own personal philosophy and what I think actually wins. Now, obviously, you've got to have a quarterback. you got to be able to play. But – this to me is is phenomenal. I mean, I look at the Rams being there. You know, they they pull off their they pull their quarterback off the scrap heap of surgery, three pins in his thumb. He didn't even play well, and they beat Seattle just because they opened a can, both running the game, running ball on offense, and what Aaron Donald's able to do, even in in two and a half or whatever quarters he played. Uh, that guy is the best player in in all the National Football League, as far as I'm concerned. So, but that game is intriguing um, to me to to see what's you know what they were able to do. Can they recapture that kind of kind of that that line of scrimmage play? Um, does Aaron Rodgers is he able to cover enough warts? But I, I just think that's a great game. I love the I love the Baltimore uh, the Baltimore Buffalo game. Yeah, and I I just tell you, I mean when I watch when I watch the Baltimore Ravens play, they're going to line up. And I know Wink Martindale well enough to know, you know, his whole philosophical approach is um, I'm going to empty the bucket, man. There won't be anything left. We're going to bring pressure. Um, when all else fails, when we're in a critical situation, I'm going zero. I'm trusting my corners to to play physical, to jam guys up in line of scrimmage, and we're coming after your quarterback. It's it, it, they're, They are so – they're built so complementary. You know, the way they run the ball and the way they attack the opponent's quarterback, that to me is – uh, that's going to be a great game. Hey, stink, um, stink, yeah, stink. Go. I have a question. 
Why isn't yeah. every – is it strictly personnel? Is that why not every defense is aggressive? It feels like the defenses that are always near the top, okay, they're the ones that are aggressive. Then you, you see the teams that are just like whether they're, uh, uh, you know, zone or just kind of sit back and bend but don't break. Is that strictly because the players that you have? Or is there – if you're even if you have a couple stars and everybody else, why isn't everybody just – now, granted, you have to know the time. I mean, Greg Williams with the right. cover zero to win it. Like, <laughs> yeah. But why isn't there more? Like, why aren't more defenses more aggressive? Is it strictly because of the, the fear of, of getting smoked over the top? Or what is it? Yeah, you know, you don't want to – obviously, you don't want to give up big explosive plays. I mean, the average explosive, 120-yard-plus uh, passing pair, 112-yard run play, uh, equates to about 2.6 points in the NFL. So you give up oh, enough big plays oh, over the top, geez. and you're going to give up Stinky a lot of points. Stinky stats, dude! <laughs> I didn't know you were a big analytics numbers guy. Listen to that shit you just dropped yeah, on there. No, I hate I hate all analytics people. I'll <laughs> be punched in the face. But um, but but there's there's truth to giving up big plays, right? There's truth to that. Um, I, I think the biggest thing is you know the way defenses are built back in. You know, back in my day, it was build your front seven, build, get a rusher, you know, and you could play zone behind it. Uh, you know, it's kind of built backwards now. It's built from the back end forward. Um, and if you've, got, if you've got legit cover corners, you know, you look at the Rams and what they've been able to do with Jalen Ramsey, you know, with, with the guys that they have. I think the, I think the Baltimore Ravens, with, uh, with the guys, they, with the, the defensive backs they have in Peters and, and, uh, and Humphrey and um, and those guys, they're able to say, hey, we're going to press you, we're going to cover you, and uh, we're going to make you hold the ball for a little bit longer than you want to. The other thing, the other reason it's got to be built that way, um, I guess in my estimation, is because, hey, the quarterbacks are getting the ball out in about 1. 1. 1.7 to 2.2 seconds. And, you know, I always had, oh, you you know, I mean, shoot, you were with him forever. Tierlink, God rest his soul. JT. John Tierlink. Yeah. Tierlink is one of Tierlink. I love talking to Tierlink because Tierlink was one of those guys. He's a baseball historian. He was just a guy that really understood football and sports in general. And Tierlink told me a long time ago when I was playing for Denver and Tierlink was coaching. He goes, "It takes a defensive lineman if he beats you clean without you touching him. It still takes him about 1.7 seconds to sack a quarterback." Well, the ball is out in under two most of the time. So the only way to affect that is either have a war daddy on the defensive line of scrimmage like an Aaron Donald that just whips guys' butts right off the bat, yeah. or to be able to press, disrupt routes, and extend the time the quarterback has to hold the ball per- before those routes become open. And I think it's probably easier to play the press game. And so I think that's one of the reasons that teams like Baltimore can do it, and a lot of teams just can't. Okay, uh, you mentioned a legend there in Tierlink. I, I watched uh, I watched one evening, uh, like maybe sixty beers get delivered to his dorm, <laughs> wow. and it was those were gone before the next. <laughs> Dude, I have I have never seen. We would you know sometimes you pull up on the tarmac um, on the bus before you could get on, and the plane wasn't ready, right? Yeah, yeah. So Tierlink would just sit in the bus. I have seen that guy probably down, No, I mean, no joke, 24 beers in less than a half an hour before he got on the plane. 100% real. Yeah, I mean, it's not It's not even close. It was, it's unreal. And I don't know how big that dude's bladder was, um, but it had to be, it, I mean, it had to be ginormous. <laughs> For him, 
Him, the, I think it was my first training camp ever, whenever I was there, they, a golf cart, I'd befriended like an equipment manager there early, and they had uh, just like towels over things on the back seat or whatever, and uh, I was like, uh, can I move this to sit down on it, because that's how we got around thing. And they're like, no, no, just stand on the back. I was like, what is this? And they moved it, and it was 60 beers or whatever. They're like, this is for Tierlink before uh, tonight's team meeting or whatever. I'm like, I fucking love that, man. I yeah. love it. He... Um, he also had one of the most hilarious encounters I've ever had on a football sideline. During a preseason game, I punted a ball. And for whatever reason, uh, Tierling's son, by the way, now is coaching, I think, in Buffalo. I'm not 100% sure. Good, great, very nice people to me. For whatever reason, yeah. they were very, very nice to me. I punted in the preseason. Okay, a uh, guy got a big return. I went to go tackle him. And as I turned, a guy like came around and got me shoulder right into my chest and it had the old <gasps> moment. You know, the whole like right. you when you lose your air or whatever. Didn't go down, though, on film. Would like it to be known. Did not go down on film. Right. I think a lot of people learned a lot about me. But I came off the sideline, you know, and uh, Jim Caldwell was like, Are you all right? I'm like, <gasps> doing that breathing <laughs> thing. And I sit down or whatever. And John Tier, like big guy. Okay, this guy was a very big man. He uh, he moves over. And he, he sits down next to me. Okay, he uses his thing. He goes, uh, this is what you do. You punt the ball in preseason games, and you get the fuck off the field. <laughs> okay, because they're about to score right now. And guess who cares? Nobody. Okay, you punt the ball, and you get the fuck off the field. And then he grabbed my leg, stood up, and then he just walked away. It was so awesome. It was one of the coolest moments I've ever had. I'm, t- I'm telling you, Tierlink was that way. I, we used to work on, we used to work on, I had, I had Tierlink on that staff. Uh, I had, oh gosh, Alex Gibbs, my offensive line coach. We would work on, speaking of that, we'd work on interception drill, how to get off the film. <laughs> because, like, listen, listen, I, I always joked around with my strength coach. I was like, dude, if I have to run 40 yards, somebody's going to score. I'm not catching anybody. <laughs> so if we threw a pick, and some, you know, DB was going down. Like, you, 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 you know, you're oh, running yeah. like, you know, like the coaches are looking at you on film. Yeah. And so the big key was you run and you pump your arms as fast as you can, and you just lean until you lean off the film. <laughs> right. And then, then it looks like you're really chasing his ass, but you're really just trying to get to the sideline to get done because you're not going to catch him. So oh, yeah, I, I'm, I'm totally in tune with what you're talking about right there. Hey, have an incredible workout. We appreciate you for stopping by. What do we got today? Today, chest day, Friday, leg day? Huh? I do. I do my. I set my. I set my uh, timer on my phone for 45 minutes, and then I just go like the Tasmanian devil, just ape shit bananas in there for 45 minutes. I'll do my whole body, and as soon as the timer goes off, I walk out. I'll be in the middle of doing whatever. I'll just drop the weights, and I'm like, I'm out. <laughs> Somebody should sanitize these. There's a pandemic. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, Mark Slayer. Thank you, Steve. John Tierlink, what a legend, dude. That's absurd. He was awesome. 60 beers in a night. Yeah, I, and I, w- I would assume that if you talk to anybody who's like, it wasn't that, these are just conversations I've had with him in passing. I would assume if you talk to like his friends, they would have even oh, yeah. more than 60. I saw him one, like those, those mm-hmm. types of conversations. Rest in peace to him. He was a legend. He's, you talk to Robert Mathis and Dwight Freeney, they'll be the first ones to say, like, this guy completely changed our entire lives or whatever. Turned him like Andre the Giant. Yeah. Yeah. Jesus. Yeah. Yeah, and his hand, though, wasn't Andre the Giant. You know, because <laughs> when Andre the Giant grabbed those beers, they looked like little... Tiny little four-ounce cans. That's what they look like.
How many did he make disappear in a flight? Andre the Giant had over 106. Yeah, the, the, the legends are all over the place that he would finish, you know, two cases of wine in a bus ride or 120 beers with a steak dinner. <laughs> it depends on who you ask. Wade Boggs was apparently 107 on the cross country flight. Oh, yeah, they did that on that show you guys like. Always oh, sunny. sunny. Yeah. Uh-huh. I bet you it's a good show, by the way. Yeah, you'd oh, like yeah. it. You'd I know. Like I it. do believe I'm going to get into it at some point. Right now, me and the Unabomber are learning a lot about each other. Uh-huh. <laughs> okay, me, me and Ted Kaczynski are doing a lot of talking to each other. Well, him talking to me mostly. That's a great, great series, the Manhunt Unabomber one. Yeah. Oh, so good. I passed out during the last episode this morning. Oh. Early this morning. I do wonder what Harvard thinks about that series. Yeah, Harvard, uh, you know, that's a tough look for Harvard. For all the good that they seem to represent. Well, I mean, it was the U.S. government who was using Harvard. So. Yeah, but, uh, I mean, all those kids that go to Harvard, you know, so much smarter than me and all this stuff. I'm pretty fun. pumped I was a fucking dumbass. <laughs> yeah. I know, you know uh-huh. some of those kids are just getting it. I mean, a 16-year-old kid went to Harvard, and then they just strapped him in a chair. I mean, mm-hmm. Brain- I mean brainwashed him. Yeah. All right. See you again next week. <laughs> Come back. Yeah. Come back. We'll see how it goes. Let's go to Zach in Pennsylvania. What's going on, Zach? How's it going, man? Can you hear me? Yeah, you sound great, Zach. What's going on, pub? Oh, oh you know, uh, living the dream, bud. Hey, that's what, to the boys. that's what we're talking about. Zach. Hell, yeah. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. What do you want to talk about? Uh, well, the first thing I got to say is to uh, Boston Connor. What? Uh, so, uh, not yet. Fan duel. <laughs> fan duel. Fan duel. I like that, Zach. That's a good call. That's a good, really good call. Good call. <laughs> Thanks for doing that, Zach. I, was, I mean, just waiting for it. Really appreciate that. I know. I know. I know. Shout out. I know. Good news. There's probably more. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> go for it. Like ducks on a pond. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Just wait for the next one. Just, to come on. Swim you just gotta by. figure out the right. I missed it yesterday. Okay, and that was something I thought about. On the pillow while I was laying down. (laughs) Not often do I miss those types of things. You know, if something gets loaded into the chamber, normally I'm going to find a time to bring it out. and It's going to be the right time. Mm -hmm. Yesterday I missed. Okay. And I wouldn't let everybody know that you don't even know what I'm referring to. But whenever we do Mm -hmm. what we do, you're going to say I missed yesterday. (laughs) And that's a burden I'm going to have to bear. Okay. You're right. Good tease. Could come right now. Gus, what's going on? Hey, what's up, boys? Happy Feel Good Friday. Yeah, yeah. Gus, Gus, Gus what do you want to talk about, dude, Gus? Pat, yep. Pat, I saw the gears moving in your brain right there with that last dude, and you were about to pull the trigger on him, but you gave him mercy, and he dropped the ball. But whatever, let's get into this. I got a fucking lock for this weekend right here. All hero, right. you know, our favorite guy, Drew Brees, right? You know, the, the big hero. It's his last game in the Superdome. That's right. And this dude is, you know, he's going to have all the pressure on him, you know. And Tom Brady assassinates people. The Bucks are going to bring the juice. Drew Brees is going to look like Carson Wentz out there trying to play Ooh. hero ball, trying to get the ball into the end zone. But he's going to go. He's going to throw two interceptions to the Bucks. Count it. Hammer the Bucks money line. And uh, yeah, Tom Brady's going to retire. See, I could have done it right there yeah, too, yeah. Yeah. but I yeah. chose not to. You know. You know, anytime I get close right to it, I just don't know when the right time yeah, is. Yeah, yeah. You'll know. I'll yeah, know. You'll feel yeah, it. Yeah. I know. I know. I felt it there for a little bit, by the way. Yeah. Uh-huh. And then he just powered through it. Shout out to Gus giving us a lock from Oregon. We With know Gus? Gus knows his shit, too, right? Yeah, yeah. Oh, Everybody yeah. should listen to what Gus is saying. Number one part. His opinions, his thoughts are very, very stern, mm-hmm. and they have a good track record. That's Gus Absolutely. in Oregon. 
Okay. That's right. Big Gus. Gus Bus. Although that Buck Saints game is one, I don't know what the fuck's going to happen in that mm. one. I'm starting to think I don't know what's going to happen in it. None of them. None of them. <laughs> Earlier in the week, I said, I think I know what's going to happen. I, I got my locks already locked in. The more and more I learn about these goddamn games, the more stats that get dropped into my brain, the yeah. more highlights I watch, the more lowlights I see. I have no idea what's going to happen this weekend. I got no clue. And by the way, that's why I can't wait for divisional round football. Oh, yeah. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Bucks are uh, getting three points in the Superdome. Per Gus's report, this is his last game in the Superdome. Whoa. The Saints' oh, last man. game he's in the Superdome. Uh, who knows? Gus in Oregon says he's got a plug that says Drew Brees is going to retire after this year. We saw initial reports. We will not report those no. because no. we have to get them third and fourth yes. checks because yes. of what happened with the Juju Bees the other day. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> Bro, they're still coming after Diggs. Diggs deserves oh, yeah. it, though. He does. He, he does. he does. deserves it. He does. Yeah. What you've said well, about you, the Juju Beats yeah. and Juju. Is that Benedict? The... No, oh, don't give me that. Oh, I'm not oh, saying anything on. disparaging about the Juju Bees. Did you? No, <laughs> of course not. That's, that's Diggs, uh, you know, that's his area of expertise. Oh, I really thought the Toxic Twins, old Nick and Ty, I thought you guys had a couple of batter up a couple of times at old Juju Bees. What's funny, is, yeah. that's funny yeah. is they're mad because I called them soft, but, you know, it seems pretty soft mood to get mad about someone calling you soft. Oh! oh. Reverse psychology. Let's go to John Diner in Texas. What's going on, John? Yo, hey, John. I'm glad y'all talking about this. Hey, Tone. Uh-oh. <laughs> Tone Diggs. What's up, dude? <laughs> Do not categorize the young Steeler fans with the Juju Bees. Okay. We're not the same people. Okay, oh, okay. Oh, there you go. John, I was hoping you were going to bury Tone Diggs. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, you're right. It's the TikTokers. Yeah, I don't do that TikTok, none of that. I'm I'm a Steelers fan from 2008. I don't do none of that. I'm not a Juju B, so speak about them specifically. Okay. I respect that. <laughs> I respect that. There you go. I like that guy. All right, not all Thank youngs. You. Have a good day. Wow. Yeah. That's how he ended the, the call. PSA. John in Texas. Great call. I love that guy. We need more Johns in Texas. Mm-hmm. Hell yeah. Not all youngs, okay? God, I'm thankful you guys are talking about this. Yeah. <laughs> That's how it started. Did he? Was that what he was initially going to talk about? I don't know. You heard a real uh-oh. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Because yeah. I thought John in Texas was going to go after you. I can tell he was, he was for real. Hey, Mitt, was that what he was going to talk about initially anyways? Was the Juju Beast? I think he's sleeping. He wanted to talk about the Browns, but... <laughs> he pivoted. Good, good, good job. Great, yeah. wow. Fucking great call Take there. Take some buddy. lessons there, callers. John in Texas with a great call right there. Unreal audible. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. That's a good audible. <laughs> he just got dropped into a conversation. He said, you know what? What I was going to ask, <laughs> yeah. not really worth it right now. Got something for you but now. I, I've been thinking about this. <laughs> hey, fuck you, Tone. Uh-oh. That's what Tone said. <laughs> Keep them separate. It's a good call because I did see you getting a lot of hate from the younger fans saying, because uh, you said they don't know shit. That seems like a old white yelling in his front yard. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I think that's what John was thinking. And I John- am 32 going on 65. <laughs> I mean, so sorry to interrupt, dude. Like, so, so sorry. Apologies. The conversation was going there. It really was. You know? Mm-hmm. And here we go interrupting it like this. Got paid bills. What we're interrupting it with is something that matters, though. Oh, yeah. Are you the best version of you that you could possibly be, you think? Definitely not. Does your skin, hair, 
anything else really that revolves around men's health, is it at its highest that it could possibly be? I mean, it could probably be better. And that's the thing about it is there's a company out there that's a men's health brand mm-hmm. that is unbelievable. Oh, yeah. Okay, they are unbelievable. And that is Roman. Roman is a men's health brand that makes you and wants you to be the best version of you possible. Your hair fuller, your skin brighter, anything else you have going on, they want to take care of you. And they want to do it in a fashion that is most affordable. But it's not just skin. It's not just hair. It's not just everything like that. It's also whenever you go in and you go to do the lovemaking. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? The men's health brand wants to be your tag team partner and being the best you in all facets of your life. And did you know that if you are somebody who uh, doesn't have sex for as long as you would like, and we're not saying you go quick. Hey, hey, maybe you just don't go as long as you want to go. Yeah. Maybe your sex life, you want it to go long, long, long time. Mm-hmm. You want to put on a show in there. You need to tag team partner with. Our friends at Roman with the Roman Swipes. I love Roman Swipes. These things show up at your door in discreet packaging. Nobody knows that you have a tag team partner that's small enough to fit in your back pocket, small enough to fit in your wallet. Nobody will even know that you have it. Then whenever it's time to, you know, do the deed. Mm-hmm. When it's time to... Sling some salami. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> that's right. You know? Whenever you're out there with your bologna about to really make a sandwich Mm -hmm. and it's time to go, why don't you do it for a long, long time, Ty? You pull out the Roman swipe, okay? You rub it on your tool, Mm -hmm. your baby maker, your magic stick, your dipstick, Mm -hmm. your how's it going, how you doing, keep it moving, pleasure town, here we come stick, Mm -hmm. okay? You rub it on there, it'll dry quickly. It'll not transfer to your partner and it is scientifically proven to make you last longer in bed. Bologna sandwich, extra mayo. Long time making it. We can't thank Roman enough. And right now you can get free two-day shipping on your Roman swipes. Get them in time for Thanksgiving next weekend. Get them in time for the holiday season. Stock up on these things for the winter because I do believe we're getting locked back down. Looks like it. In a lot of places. Mm -hmm. So you know what time it is? Why not just have a little bit of a sex fest? Might as well. Go to GetRoman.com forward slash Pat. Free two-day shipping on these Roman swipes. You will love them, and so will she or he. Have a time of your life behind the closed doors with our friends at Roman Roman Swipes, and also make yourself the best you possible uh, with everything else that the men's health brand has for you. GetRoman.com forward slash Pat. Back to the show. Joining us is a man who's won a Super Bowl and a college football championship and also has massive news to break. Ladies and gentlemen, A.J. Hawk. Great t-shirt. I Whoa. like that you chose that shirt for your breaking news today. Do you have any updates on anything that you would like to maybe let the rest of the world know? Uh, yeah, I think Urban Meyer is officially the Jags head coach, correct? Yes, that is correct. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, so I know. And, and That's not breaking news. That's new. That is news of the day, but I thought potentially you maybe knew some other coaches that potentially got hired. Oh, yeah. I think uh, Scott Lenahan might have a chance of getting in there. Uh, I don't know anyone else other than that. Oh, okay. I don't know what you think, who you think I am, that I have all this inside info on who Urban's going to hire. Urban doesn't know who he's going to hire. (laughs) Did you listen to? um, Did you listen to his press conference this morning? He was actually pretty like. I I don't think I knew much about Urban Meyer. I knew that he was a very good coach. I I obviously have known about the different situations that have popped up. Listening to that press conference this morning, I was like, oh, this guy's going to be a good NFL coach. Like I felt like 
I think he's going to be I, – he has sold me in one press conference. Now, the Learjet, we have asked a lot of questions about because mm-hmm. we feel like the Ursay family potentially sends a G. But my, my dad actually said, what if that was Urban's jet? And he flew himself down there. I'm like, well, he better be getting you know a little bit of an invoice, get that money mm-hmm. back yeah, or whatever because yep. the gas is expensive. But listening to him do that – where he was talking about how his offense is going to have to, you know, adapt to the players that we have. If I got Dwayne Haskins, I'm going to throw the ball 50 times. If we got Ezekiel Elliott, we're going to run the ball more. Uh, so he hasn't really thought anything. And he said maybe one coach from Ohio State will come coach with him, maybe because he doesn't want to, you know, uh, tear that organization apart. He mm-hmm. said it's the most stable um, structure maybe in college football or something like that. Very interesting. Very interesting quote there. How did you feel about Urban Meyer's entire morning this morning, AJ? I did not see any of his press conference, but I know when he does speak with the media, like he doesn't seem like a guy that will go out of his way to speak to the media. But when he does, he's actually super honest. Like he'll give you honest opinions about players that just happened in the game. Sometimes players may not like the opinions he gives, but he is. I I like when he does speak to the media, because although I think he's hesitant, he he only knows how to speak the truth or speak like when he's talking football, especially like he'll tell you what he's thinking. He said incredible transparency is coming to the Jacksonville Jaguars, not only from me and the GM, but with Shad. He said there's going to be very transparent. I'm intrigued to see how it plays out. Also in that division, the Indianapolis Colts. The Indianapolis Colts, one year ago, traded the uh, their first round pick for a man who would go on to become the staple of the defensive line for the Indianapolis Colts, ladies and gentlemen, DeForest Buckner. Yeah! Oh, yeah! What's up, dude? How we doing, everybody? Hey, as soon as you got to the Indianapolis Colts, last year we did a draft special. Uh, a lot of people watched. Too many people watched. A lot of people came on the show. Chris Ballard was our first guest before the draft started. We asked him what he's going to be doing for the first round. Is he thinking about maybe trading to get back into the first round because he traded away in their moment pick? And he said, I think he said, I'm going to have some beers and I'm going to watch uh, DeForest Buckner film real quick yeah. <laughs> and be pumped that there is nobody like him in, uh, in the first round. Whenever you got to Indianapolis, what was the conversation like with Chris Ballard? Was it a surprise that you got traded? Uh, how was like, the kind of transition to becoming a coach over here? Yeah, the transition was really smooth, actually. Um, you know, I, as a player, um, you know, you know, being with San Francisco, I never expected to get traded. But I mean, it's part of the game. You know what I mean? And, um, you know, I was I was just very blessed and fortunate that a, a guy like Chris, you know, saw the value in me. And, you know, he he believed in me and the, the, what I could bring to the table. And uh, when I got to Indianapolis and I, you know, he was one of the first people I talked to. I went over to his house. We, we spoke for about an hour, you know, just about everything and about life. And, you know, it was from then on, I mean, I knew I was in the right spot, um, you know, coming to a team with great culture, um, it's always in the mix. Um, I, was, I was just very excited to get everything started. Going back to your time in San Fran, obviously they drafted you first round high pick. You get in there with Kyle Shanahan, John Lynch at the helm with the GM. What was it like? Shanahan obviously is a young genius play caller. Like what's the, what's the culture he's created? It seems to be pretty good. Yeah, the culture that uh, that we created with uh, Shanahan when they got there, my second year, I mean, it was you know it was phenomenal. Uh, you know, they they clean house pretty much. You know, a majority of the roster from my rookie year. Um, you know, they brought in new guys, free agents. Uh, you know, a lot of rookies played. Uh, so we we were able to turn around and it's, you know create a whole new culture there um, leading up to the Super Bowl. And uh, you know, they still have a great culture there now. And you know, just just the the way the player the player type of coach that uh, Shanahan is, and you know John, you know he's been a you know he's been a player, and so he knows what the, the players are going through, and um, that easy relationship from a player to GM, GM to player, um, was really good. You know, it, it's, it was working well out there, and um, 
you know, it's, you know, the way it's just the way business is, you know, in, uh, in the game that we chose. And um, sometimes you got to make moves, you know, uh, and sacrifices for the betterment of the team. And uh, unfortunately, I was one of those sacrifices uh, in the long <laughs> end. But you know what I mean? It's all good because I'm, I'm happy to be here in Indianapolis. I don't I don't know who sacrificed more from that move, to be honest. But the Bob Sala was the defensive coordinator whenever you were over there. He just got hired for the Jets. And, and we'll turn the conversation to the Colts, we promise. But, I mean, you, you were such a great addition to the Colts from that defense that was, you know, talk about this This defense could win a Super Bowl itself. Last year, uh, Bob Sala was the face of everything because he's out on the field. He's obviously pumped up. And then his name's like, this guy's going to be a head coach. This guy's going to be a head coach. Doesn't get hired. Now he's with the Jets. What was your time like with uh, Robert Sala? And do you think he's going to be a good head coach? Yeah, I, man, I, I love Sala. Um, you know, the the time that I was there, um, you know, he believed in my abilities. And he, you know, we, we didn't just connect on a, a coach player basis. But, I mean, he's a, a really good friend. Um, I love his family. He has a beautiful family. Um, and I wish him nothing but the best. So I was so happy when I found out last night that he got the head coaching job with the Jets. Um, you know, to see him, you know, the type of man, uh, coach, uh, mentor that he is, and uh, just a leader of men. Um, you know, he knows how to get guys going and ready to play for him. And um, I think he's going to be a phenomenal head coach. Um, and uh, the New York Jets, I mean, they don't even know what's what's coming their way. Um, just a quick follow up there. The um, that spiral staircase behind you can't fit up that. I was thinking right? the same thing. <laughs> uh, surprisingly, I can. Uh, I, made, I made a couple trips up and down before. Uh, for those that are just listening, he's sitting in a room that seems to have, it has a spiral staircase up to what may, might be a library or a den or something like that. Yeah, you know, we're working on the book collection. Oh, we got to fill it up. That's like AJ. Yeah, AJ doesn't have a spiral staircase up to it, but uh, I have I have something similar in my house. It goes down to my gym, and I'm six foot one, two hundred and thirty to two hundred and seventy pounds, and it is a you're a big man. Yeah, well, depending on when when you catch me, which diet, but I it's hard for me to get down there. So while you're answering that last question, which was a great answer on Robert Sala, all I thought about is how I would fall down those steps. I think because of how difficult it is, because you got to get thin. Mm-hmm. You're you're yeah. a massive man, massive. Okay. And whenever you were out this year for the Colts, it was very obvious in the middle of that defensive line. The Titans game just comes to mind immediately because they were obviously very strong up the gut. Were you a basketball player? Did you grow late? When Were you always just a massive dominant player? Like what, what is the, the story of becoming just an absolute incredibly athletic, savage of a big man? Like when did, was that your entire <laughs> career or what was it? No, nah, I, was, I was actually, I mean, basketball was my first love, honestly. Uh, I played basketball growing up, started when I was seven. And uh, it honestly helped me, you know, with my athleticism um, moving into football. I uh, started football when I was 10. Um, you know, I was, I was always the tall, lanky kid, honestly. I never really filled out and, uh, until I got to college. You know, when I got to college, uh, my senior year of high school, I was like 240, 6'7", six, six, 240. Uh, by the time I started my, my freshman year, I ended up being 275. And then I just gradually put on the weight uh, going forward. By the ending, by, by my senior year, I was like 310 pounds in my last game. Jeez. Wow. What are you at now? Yeah. Where are you at now? A good 290. Okay. <laughs> Do your joints hurt or is that just how your body's supposed to be? Your, your body's supposed to be 6'7", 290. Or is there like, does your body beat you up a little bit for how big you are? 
Um, you know, depending when I get around that 300, uh, you know, 305, 10 pound range, that's, that's when I start filling in my joints. <laughs> I think when I, when I get done, I think I'm going to slim up. Honestly, I'm probably going to be around good 270. Oh, you're going to be an 80. Instagram model out there. <laughs> nice. <laughs> I respect it. Hey, DeForest, what, uh, what was it like being on the field and getting to watch Phil Rivers in action on your own team? Mm-hmm. Like, was it what you expected? Oh, yeah. I mean, Phillip is one hell of a competitor. Um, honestly, I grew up a Chargers fan, so I grew up watching him. And uh, I, mean, I thought it was a pretty surreal feeling, you know, being able to actually play with Phillip on my team uh, this year. I mean, he's he's the ultimate competitor, man, um, from start to finish. Um, whether it's cornhole in the, in the locker room to, you know, being on the field and competing. Um, he's just the ultimate competitor, ultimate leader, um, and, and what a, a great teammate. You know, um, uh, coming in and you know, finding out that Philip Rivers was um, going to be my, my teammate and going to be the starting quarterback. Um, you know, I didn't really expect – I mean, I, I knew the, the type of player, the type of competitor he was, but then you know, I didn't know the type of teammate that he was. And, uh, you know, from his first day, you know, coming in, I mean, he made an effort to, you know, to know everybody. Hey, you good at Cornell? I'm all right. I'm, I'm all right. I let, I let everybody else. Oh, uh, you're bad at Cornell. Oh. <laughs> hey, you just said you're bad at Cornell. I, I just heard that. <laughs> I, I just heard that in your voice. You don't play much. Yeah, I don't play much. I, I try to. I try to do get some reps in the off season. You know what I mean. So next year when I come in, you know what I mean. Hey, sharpen the sword, pal. Ooh. Sharpen the sword. Damn right. Yeah, that is a very smart. Isn't there also a basketball shooting right in the in the team meeting room? Uh, anything? Nah. I mean, so I mean, we didn't we didn't have meetings in the. The, oh wait, there, yeah, actually there is. There is a shoot. Yeah, we had a shooting competition. Yeah, there is a basketball hoop in the team meeting room. Did so. you get involved in that? Did you get involved in that? I did. How was your shot? I did a little bit, a little bit. My shot's pretty good. My shot's pretty. I still got it a little bit. Six foot seven, you can move. You got a good <laughs> shot. Don't yoke on that. Thing. I mean, I understand you like beating up offensive linemen. <laughs> Pacers. There's another league that Pacers are playing right now. <laughs> the yep. Pacers are playing right, right now. now. Connor, what do you got? Yeah, DeForest. Was there a point during either preseason or early on in the year where you knew Jonathan Taylor was going to be a serious guy going forward at running back? Oh yeah, definitely. Um, you know, when we when I saw them uh, pick him up in the draft, I, mean, I was ecstatic, especially behind the. The, the defense, um, the old line that we have, um, you know what I mean. It took him a while to, you know, to really uh, catch his stride. I mean, he was playing solid ball, um, you know, how, you know, the first half of the season, but then he just exploded the second half. And I mean, he ended up what, top three rushers in the league. And I mean, um, you know, every you could just tell that everything just started to slow down for him. Um, he started to see his blocks and hit the holes, you know, um, even harder. So it was. It was amazing to see his growth throughout the season. Hey, tell me about Darius Leonard. I watch a lot of mic'd ups of him. And while the one today was Hot Rod was kicking, and by the way, defense, whenever the uh, field goal team is on the field, right, they've done nothing for a while, right? They've been on the sideline here. There's been obviously uh, a fourth down as companies. Darius Leonard was standing on the sideline imitating Hot Rod's thing, and he said flex on him. And then Darius Leonard, defensive line, was out there slapping hands of the field goal team. Very rare. Okay, this is not a normal thing. Normally the quarterback's out there or maybe some like on the Mm -hmm. offensive side because they've gone down there. Darius was doing that. Is the – I guess I would say – does your team just incredibly connected? Like Frank Reich, whenever he talked oh, yeah. afterwards, he was getting emotional about the team. Like, and how is how did you gel into that culture? What is it like oh, with yeah. Darius in there? And how do mm-hmm. you continue to build on that culture to take the next step? Because it feels like the entire team is there, offense, defense, and special teams. You just got to take the next step. What is it about that culture? And how do you get to the next step, you think? Yeah, that was, that was honestly the one thing that really hit, you know struck me. 
um, when I first got there, which made it a super smooth transition for me um, coming in the locker room, um, just the culture in general. Um, you know, everybody everybody has each other's back, man. It doesn't matter what position, doesn't matter what race, it doesn't matter, you know, where you come from. Uh, once you're in there and you you buy into the culture, you buy into the team, um, everybody has your back. And um, Darius, she's been doing that all year, you know, since I got here, you know, after kicking a field goal, he's on the field, you know, dapping everybody up. Uh, that little imitation of hot rod that he, he did on the sideline, he does that, I mean, almost every time we do field goal, field goal block in practice. You can see him <laughs> on the film imitating hot rod, doing his whole flex <laughs> and everything and dancing and everything. I mean, it's, it's just amazing to see the type of players, you know, uh, there's there's no egos. You know what I mean? Everybody puts their ego aside and everybody's just preparing each and every day for each other. You know what I mean? When we get out there, we're playing for each other and you can see that there's not a bunch of individuals. It's, like, it's one unit. That's awesome. Absolutely incredible. What do you got, Dick? DeForest, dumb question coming here. Um, Very saw, dumb, probably. I saw you were born <laughs> and played high school football in Hawaii. Aloha. Mm-hmm. And as a human that has watched hours and hours of haka dances, on YouTube, mm. does every single high school team do a haka dance before the game against each other? Mm-hmm. Okay. And do you no, know? No, 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 no. <laughs> no, not not every single team. No, unfortunately, not. Is your family in the military? Uh, my mom. I mean, she's a she's like a contractor specialist for the for the army. Which oh. is no, I had some I had some family members that were in the military. Yes, but so, uh, my initial family, no. I love Hawaii, man. Uh, it's my favorite yeah, place. Do you get back much? Oh yeah, I'm actually planning on getting back in February just to visit some family. Um, uh, a lot of my family have they haven't met my son yet, so I'm excited about that. Due to COVID, you know what I mean, all the lockdowns and, and things like that. Uh, he was born in the middle of the pandemic, uh, you know, last year. So uh, nobody but my mom was able to come come see him. So I'm I'm very excited to take him out there, you know, see show him the roots. Hey, that's awesome. Congratulations on the child. Congratulations on the incredible season. Can't wait to see what you do next with the Colts. I appreciate you guys. Thank you for having me, Pat. Hey, get some damn books in that thing. Maybe <laughs> read a little bit. Hey, you're a little cultured up there. I got, I got you. I got you. It's like, next time I'm on the show, it'll be filled up. I swear. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, the force buckets. Thank you, man. Hey, he was really cool. Mm-hmm. Really, really cool. Normally, if you're out in Hawaii, though, too. what's that? What'd you say, AJ? Very good football player as well. Unbelievable. He's the one who recovered the fumble, by the way, against yeah. Green Bay Packers in overtime that was out on the sideline. He's an interior defensive lineman. I mean, he, is, he flies around. He's a big dude. I want to talk about, you know, the potential ugly shots that happen in the interior of uh, offensive line, D-line, potential, yeah. anything, especially with how tall he is. Oh, yeah. I would assume there's a lot of moments where potential low bridge comes mm-hmm. out of him. He's, he's a freak athlete, though. It's unbelievable yeah. to watch him, AJ. So yeah, it's not surprising that he has a, a basketball background. Like, you could watch him and obviously how tall he is and say, this guy is so athletic. He had to be an absolute monster on the basketball court. That transition into the interior of a defensive line, uh, mentally, from a basketball player to that, I mean, that is a massive hurdle that not everybody can just get in. That's hand-to-hand combat. Yeah. Hey, that, so that soft, is hand-to-hand combat. Soft-spoken, nice guy, too. You wouldn't expect – I mean, maybe that's just the Hawaii in him, but – You would think six, seven, three hundred, like they would have him – I'm surprised in college he was not at tackle. Mm-hmm. On offense instead of D-tackle. He's in there just fucking. Oh, excuse me. Get out of the way. Great move. I'm taller than you also. I'm going to swat this bitch down. See ya. You got a quarterback, you know? 
got a quarterback who's like six foot two, pretty tall, six three maybe, uh-huh. and then he's in the middle just with fucking <laughs> wacky inflatable huge arms up in there in the middle. You're like, God damn, what is this? <laughs> Chris Ballard's like, uh, we can get that on our team. I'm looking at 27 overall, and I don't think there's going to be one motherfucker left. Let's go ahead. Yeah. Let's get that massive athlete over here. He helped the team out a lot. You know, we got Ariel Hawani joining us in like five minutes. How do you Whoa. feel about that, AJ? I heard, is he coming? Are, do we have to take a break before or after yeah. him? Yeah, well, he's he's a long-winded son of a bitch, yeah. so we should probably get to a break beforehand. You know what I mean? Yeah, or not. Or you could throw it to break, tell him you got a hard out, you have to take a break. Oh, That's a good idea. I was FaceTiming with him earlier, okay? Just talking to him. Because we'll talk about the shirts that I have to wear. Sure. The logistics behind it, uh-huh. you know, fulfillment. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. You know, right. But we're in the merch biz, so we understand that it could take a little bit. Mm-hmm. And we're FaceTime and talk about it. Is he going to come on the show? You know, and he's like, oh, Friday. Okay, there's already been a lot of days, blah, blah, blah. And then he looks at me and he hangs up and then he sends me a text, like in the middle of the conversation. He goes, I decide when our conversation's <laughs> over. I just started dying laughing. So if I did what you just said right there, where I just thought, oh, sorry, hard out, pal. Got to get out going. That'd be returning the favor. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to do that, though, because oh. I'm a gentleman. He is not. He's True. a scumbag. He'll be joining us on the other side. Uh-huh. Orlovsky just said on Twitter that he loves the Dan Campbell hiring. Okay. Dan Orlovsky, ESPN commentator, pundit, opinion giver, former NFL quarterback, man who has deep ties to the Detroit Lions. Oh, yeah. Deep ties. Ladies and gentlemen, Dan Orlovsky. Yeah. What's going on, dude? Sweet How are you, buddy? Hey, that lacrosse league's paying you to promote him or what? <clears throat> no, you know what? My uh, my son's super into lacrosse. Um, so He's ripping twine, dude? Yo, he's, he's pretty good, man. And I know nothing about lacrosse, so, but neither, I'm but super into it. What I just said there was something. On the head. Yeah, yeah, thought so. <laughs> I know nothing about the lacrosse. What's going on, Bob? Great hair, by the way. Better hair than your old man, for sure. The, um, the yeah. <laughs> Ew. Dan, um, I just saw your tweet about Dan Campbell. You said that this was a good hiring. The only thing I know about Dan Campbell is day one interim head coaching job down in Miami. He's doing up-downs with the boys in Oklahoma drills day one because he wanted them to be tough in 2021 in Detroit why do you think Dan Campbell good hire for the Lions organization well first of all I like the fact that he's got ties to the organization I think that's important for a place like Detroit like they got to get somebody in there that understands the organization understands like where the organization has been you know in the struggles why some of those struggles happened um, but also like understands the city as well um, I love the fact that he's been a part of multiple organizations, both as a player and a coach. I mean, you know this, Pat. Like, you learn so much around being around certain locker rooms. Uh, they do this really well, or this locker room stinks because of this, or, you know, this head coach is really good because he did it this way or whatnot. And, you know, the ability to kind of learn so many different people skills and teaching skills and communicating communication skills in those multiple places I think is great. Um Probably as widely respected as a as a dude in the NFL, like as a guy that we have in the NFL coaching ranks. Yeah, like really well respected. Um, and I just think he's going to be able to put together a great staff. You know, something that I've really like leaned into over the past couple months is we get so enamored with head coaching hires, as we should. They're important. But like the staff that the guy brings with him is as important, if not more. And I think that like his – his connections and the people he knows within the league, 
he's going to give him a really good opportunity to put together a big-time staff. Okay, let's uh, pivot away from Detroit then. Let's talk about the staff. Uh, Bob Big Dollar Sala got the job in the uh, for the Jets. He is going to bring, allegedly, Mike LaFleur, brother of Matt LaFleur, who does offense very well in Green Bay, Wisconsin. Uh, I saw you also put out a tweet about how pumped you are about the possibilities in the Jets franchise. Are, you, are they keeping Sam Darnold? Is Darnold going to thrive in that offense, you think? What happens with the Jets organization? Because we all know, for some time, they have stunk worse than most franchises in all of professional sports. Yeah, I think, first of all, this is the biggest hire of the offseason for me. Um, it's bigger than Urban Meyer. I think it's a better a hire than hires Urban left, Meyer. I mean. um, hey, know, Dan, 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 relax, dude. There's been three hires. There's, there's like 14 hires about to happen. Let's <laughs> Biggest hire of the offseason. Let's relax a little bit, Dan, please. I'm sorry. I, I think, okay, Brian Dable's going to go to the Chargers. That would be a really good hire. Is that a breaking Brandon news? Whoa. Is that breaking Whoa. news? Why do you think they haven't hired anyone yet? Because they were interviewing with Urban Meyer, and then yeah, Urban actually, is, Urban's actually been on the yacht, you know. No, because he's still, because he's still coaching. He's going to go to the Chargers. Um, <laughs> so you've already, or, so that hasn't been announced, okay? But you know he's going there, and you're like, okay, pretty good. Oh, you're, I'm, you're still I'm, judging I'm, Bob I'm, Big Dalasala as like, uh, okay, Urban Meyer, obviously big splash hire today. Great press yeah. conference, by the way. Well, like, but you're automatically saying three hires into this 14-hire offseason that we're about to have. Biggest one, Bob Sala and Mike LaFleur coming to the Jets organization. Yeah, I think Robert Sala because I don't know if they'll keep Sam. You know, the reality is if they think that Justin Fields or Zach Wilson is as good or going to be better in three years, you take those kids because it resets the quarterback market just financially for you. But um, the thing I love about Sala, I was with Sala for a couple years when he was younger. Um, and the thing that I always remember hearing defensive guys talk about, you know, D'Amico Ryans was one of them. Kareem Jackson was one of them was like how great of a communicator he was. Cause he listened so well, you know, I remember them in the locker room talking about like midweek game plan adjustments and how he was listening to the players. And so I think that, that, that the ability to communicate, but listening first is huge. I love that he thrived in adversity. You know, this guys get jobs in the NFL because they had seven all pros on their offense or their defense and they, you know, like coaching in that world is easier. Um, but mm. There's so many of the injuries that they lost this year and still thrived. I loved. Dude, look at the good offenses in the NFL right now. Really, they have two common themes. A lot of common themes. But, like, one, you got our absolute superstar quarterback. Or, two, you come from the Mike Shanahan tree. Cleveland, uh, Tennessee, San Francisco, Minnesota, Green Bay, like all these really good offenses are from this tree. And LaFleur's brother obviously is in that. I think it's a huge – I think it's the perfect offense for Sam Darnold, but it's the perfect offense for a lot of quarterbacks. Okay, what team – are you going to go coach the Eagles? Will you just let oh, Howie and Jeff Lurie just tell you to do everything you got to do and say? Is that going to be your job or what? Uh, I, I I like ESPN right now. I'm not the person who's going to want to like sit there and have people tell me what to do. Uh, D- Dan Orlovsky just turned down the Philadelphia Eagles head coach. Wow. 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 Good for him. More power to you, Dan. Good for you, dude. You must if, have so many If options. they offered me the head coaching job, I would leave, yes. <laughs> oh, wow. oh. Never coached before. Have no experience at all. Just wing it. Higher. I think you'd be able to do well over there. Uh, I appreciate you, Dan. I would, I would do it well. I would do, I'd be a good coach. I will be a good coach one day. Maybe, oh, maybe tomorrow. Yes. You know what I mean? Maybe tomorrow if somebody decides to make the offer. Urban Meyer, you think if he's – If I go coach, I'll definitely still come on your show. 
Nice. Okay, that's good for us then. So we do want you to go be a head coach then because we would like to have a head coach on okay. the show. Not that ESPN, Dan Orlovsky, doesn't move the needle because it does. Oh, yeah. It does with your big brain, you know what I mean? But, man, if we have NFL head coach of the, you know, 2-10 and 10 team, yes. Dan Orlovsky, <laughs> you know, in that first year where you're trying to turn the fr- uh, program around, those conversations people want to hear, you know what I mean? Mm. The YouTube clips would be – YouTube clicks would be enormous. How do you think you would do, Nat? Like actually, as a head, as a coach in the NFL, you think you'd be? I think you would be a very good head coach. By the way, you seem detail oriented. You watch a lot of films still. I don't know if you'd be able to be away from your family though, right? Isn't that the thing about NFL coaching? You have to like you have to camp out at the office. That's the only reason I haven't gone yet. To be honest with you, that's the biggest reason I haven't gone yet. Is my kids are you know the boys are nine and they're in a really kind of like super fun age and my daughter's five so the next 10 years it's gonna have to be a really really ideal situation to get me to jump but yeah i would do well you know again i think that i've learned so much from good places and bad places um i think i've got a really good grasp of where football is right now um i've got great connections with people that i respect and think are really smart with football um i've watched it happen and done poorly a lot so that's been a really really good learning experience it's like when you're a kid and you grow up in a bad home you watch how bad parents affect you you learn how to do it the right way so i think that's like being a part of some bad organization all right i can't wait to see what you do dan we appreciate you ladies and gentlemen thanks for your time by the way everybody saw it happen i was facetiming him as we're coming out of the commercial Mm -hmm. break thanks for joining us i appreciate you you're the best show going, bro. Oh, no, no. NFL Live is. Yeah. Hell yeah. Dan Orlovsky, one of the hosts yeah, of NFL Live, 4 p.m. every single day. Thank you. What did he? NFL Live, fun show. Yeah. Oh, I like it. There's another show. I see the clips. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yep. We used to watch it every day, but now uh, we always have these damn meetings that happen. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. So many meetings. What are you gonna it do? is in the meeting block of the day. That is. Big meeting time, 4 mm-hmm. o'clock. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's prime time. Gumpy's got soccer on a lot lately, too. Yeah, he does. Oh, yeah, main TV. Yeah, yeah he just TV. takes over. Isn't that interesting? That is interesting. I, I kind of realized that. <laughs> you know, because I go in and out of my office. Things I have to go talk to somebody. Okay, I come out. The boys have concocted some sort of agenda against somebody or oh, whoa, some yeah. sort of narrative has happened. And I just kind of – I kinda, Lately, I've been coming out here, soccer – TV one, yeah. Soccer is the the TV, the and then TV. at the bottom we got everybody else kind of muted. Don't we don't want to hear it? We ain't got time for it, and it's because we have the greatest soccer better on uh-huh. planet Earth. Mm-hmm. Got to give the guy, you know, his tools so he can go to work. That's exactly. right. It's a beautiful game. You got to study, my friend. I will say the game stinks. It is oh, tough to yeah, watch. I hate it. Oh yeah, I played it, guys. What's that? Things you can't. It's you know I do. Yeah, only yeah. to bet on it though. Uh, yeah. Like no. it's only to bet on it. No, no, no. It's good. And by the way, you also bet on unders in football games. You want those games to stink too. Like no, that, I just that like might defense. be just, mm-hmm. what's that? I just like defense. That's why you like soccer. The Bills and Colts went under last weekend. Was that a bad game? No, but there was a lot of bad decisions. There. <laughs> right. Let's go to Pepe in Mexico. Pepe, what's going on? Orale, cabrones. Happy fucking feel good Friday. Hell yeah. See. Hell yeah. yeah. Woo. See. Appreciate you, buddy. Hey, ¿cómo estás, Pat? I didn't hear what he said. ¿Cómo estás? How you doing? So you should probably just respond. No, no, no. no. <laughs> uh, muy bien, thank you. Muy bien, muy bien, muy bien, Pepe. Sorry. There was something being said. 
okay, for something that could potentially happen. That's 100% on me, Pepe. That's not your fault. Probably the toxic twins out here at the yeah. table. Yeah. The toxic oh, table, toxic. potentially. Yeah, back and back behind the glass, Pepe. I apologize for that. Uh, thank you for calling in on this Feel Good Friday, Pepe. Always a joy to hear your voice. What are we talking about, pal? Hey, my pleasure, sir. So I know you're a bit excited about uh, the Jacksonville Jaguars and Urban Meyer, and obviously... Congratulations to A to the Jayhawks for the coaching gig. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, Coach Hawk. Uh, hey, but remember, we are for the shoe in this show, so don't don't get too excited on that. Oh, yeah, you're right. In the division, the, the Colts for the shoe is what he was referring uh, to, so let's what? not get too crazy. You're 100% right, Pepe. Correct. And we know three things about Urban Meyer, so I want to take your, uh, your opinion on those. We know Urban Meyer is good at three things. He is... Quick to win. Okay, yep. <laughs> okay, yep. Because he mentioned that he's never coaching again, and here he is. Yep. He's quick to quit. So, which of those three will happen first, sir? I heard it was quick to quit. Appreciate that. Quick to win, I think. I think he'll be yeah. quick to win. 100%. Is that what he said? What? I don't know. Oh, yeah. I did it. The last one was quick to quit. Oh, quick oh. to quit. I thought. Did he say Q. quick to win? Yeah, yeah that was the and first then, one. So yeah. it would be great if quick to win happens, obviously, for the people of Duval. Quick to quit is going to be interesting. What is it? A five-year deal he signed? I don't know. It's a five-year deal. I believe, I believe so. it was a five-year deal. Probably for $60 million. If those numbers, $12 million a year, didn't just pop out of nowhere, that didn't just fall from the sky. And the Cotton family has a lot of money just kind of sitting on deck, by the way. They yeah. can pay Not whoever, probably aviation, though. whoever, whenever, however, in the plane they sent for Urban. I'll tell you what. Yeah, nice. I'll tell you what. It wasn't as bad as that first plane for uh, South Dakota or whatever. That plane oh. was the worst. Plane. That, that plane was Pull the worst the plane. But if you're... Shot Khan's probably has six G5s just oh, floating yeah. around the world at any given time. Dang, got, him a Lear, got him a Learjet down there. <laughs> Can't Ten do year. it. Can't do it. Won't Damn. do it. Did they give Urban Meyer the Dramamine come with that whole yeah. thing, too? Jeez. <laughs> we sound like the most spoiled people on earth. But it's real. I feel like we know a lot about private aviation at this point. Right. And just want to let you know, having a show based in Indianapolis, Indiana, has a lot of perks, okay? We enjoy it out here. Mm -hmm. People are nice to us. Very good cost. I oh, mean, yeah. it is very, very good to be here. But if you want to go make a run, do anything, it's very difficult with the Indianapolis airport that has been somehow voted the nicest airport in the country like yeah. numerous years in a row, uh, but they have no flights anywhere. So mm -hmm. it, it is a little bit difficult. So we've had to, you know, really figure some things out private aviation-wise. Those little ones I cannot do. I, I just, I can't do it. I get at them. And I just, you know, not a very religious man, but I pray to every one of those gods whenever mm -hmm. I get yeah. Every single one of them. Mm -hmm. Every single one. I don't know which one's right, but I feel like I'm probably meeting one of you soon because this plane is tiny. Mm -hmm. And then you get off, you're sick. About 15, 20 minutes, you start feeling better, yep. and you're like, oh, this is awesome. And then you hit the traffic in the Lincoln Tunnel. You get sick again. Oh, yeah, then you, you know, get sick. A lot yeah. of start and stop there. And <laughs> so <laughs> then you get to the hotel, and then uh -huh. you do your thing. And then on the way back, guess what? We're hitting that song bitch again, but in reverse. Ooh. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Getting sick and then having to get right onto the plane. plane and then, and then <laughs> boom. Yeah. It's a nice little, it's a nice little combo. You know oh, what I mean? Okay. One, two. <laughs> Got knocked oh, out oh. last night. Oh, Come on. Oh, yeah. Oh. To who? Me and Joe. Champ. No, no. Ugly Joe, by the way. Um, <laughs> Eddie Price? Uh, Eddie Price, yeah. Eddie Price. Eddie Price is good, huh? He's the champ in every division. You go through the division. There's nine of them, and yeah. then you go through it every class, plus your sparring partner that I never fought against until uh, I think AQ told me to. he was sparring or fighting his sparring partner. I'm like, what are we even wasting time on sparring? Let's get right into the fights or whatever. You get in there. It's this 350-pound guy. 
just oh, sitting geez. there. And you could just like hit him in the rip, like literally like his body shots are just like, they, Eats him. I just kill that. Do you, Nick, you got in the ring last night. You fought that sparring partner, right? I beat the shit out of that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you just, did you just punch him just in the, in the, in the body the entire time? Gave him a couple jabs to open him up. And then I came with the hooks. Yeah. Gotta do it. <laughs> Anyways, I lost last night. I'm trying to learn how to play a little defense. So, yeah. you know what I mean? Maybe dodging. I can. Because I guess in Creed, which is a game I'll start playing once we start streaming and set up the Oculus Arena, multiplayer, you can box oh. other people. Oh. Yeah, yeah. So, like, for instance, I got a text from a big old stooge, Baron Corbin, last night. Oh, yeah. Yeah. He's a Golden Gloves boxer and all this. Sure, okay. Yeah. Teammate of mine at one, my, uh, at one point. Now he's a WWE big stooge. Okay, Baron uh-huh. Corbin. Yeah. He sent me a text last night. It said, when we boxing each other, because he got the goddamn Oculus or whatever and i said i'll see you when i start streaming he said good i want everybody to see is what he said he said oh is that right this ain't golden gloves when you're a teenager baron Uh -uh. this is the oculus fucking arena pal and i knock everybody out (laughs) except for price last night he knocked me down three times in one round it was tough really yeah that's an automatic ender by the way you knock somebody down three three times in one round never happened to me before never been knocked down twice in one round before by the way last night i was just eating them i did not even know what was going on I think the Oculus may be a little delayed with the head movement because yeah, there was a couple I thought I slipped out of, but I, I did not. Can your corner guy throw a towel? My guy would never. Me and Tyler, you, you do see him. He is right here in your corner every time. And when you look at him, he'll do a fist pump for you. He's a really, he's a really good guy. That guy's been in my corner the entire time. And I would never, he would never do that. He's seen me go through some wars, that guy. Mm-hmm. You start out in, uh, you know, in like your gym, there's like 15 fans scattered okay. around. And your corner guy is really the only guy that seems to be on your side the entire time. And then you get to like a uh, armory or like Whoa. a high school gym. Oh, nice. And then you get into an arena, uh, the last couple of fights. What's your know? corner guy's name? I, I haven't named him yet, to be honest. We don't have a lot of conversations because oh, the fights okay. are normally so quick. Strictly business. He's, he's, I'll tell you what, he's been riding coattails for a lot of good times, though. Huh. We have been just <laughs> knocking motherfuckers out. I mean, that is just something that's been happening. Does he talk mid-round or like uh... No, because you... Mid in between rounds, oh, yeah. they actually put a spotlight on your corner with a stool, Ooh. and they tell you to go back to your corner or whatever. And I would assume that some people, when they get tired, they do accidentally think that there's an actual <laughs> stool, stool there. Yeah. yeah, so you just kind of stand there, and then you you pick to continue the fight or quit the fight. Ugh. Right glove, left glove. You put continue. You go back in there, and by the way, here we fucking go. I did think about sitting down on that stool. It looked quite comfortable. Yep, I have done that before <laughs> as well. But everybody that's played has said that the workout has been impossible, like dead tired, dripping in sweat. I think it's going to be, I think the Oculus is going to be something that potentially gets a lot of people in shape. It's doing it for me. I'm already starting to see the shoulders are starting to get bigger. These things are starting to get better. The traps, I I can wipe my ass so it seems like the body is used to it. Nice. And also I can feel the... uh, the the wingsuit thing, wings. the, the oh, last. Nice. Yeah, I can good. feel those things starting to go. You know what I mean? Oh yeah. Because I'm throwing 300 to 500 punches a night, full go. By mm-hmm. the way. A night, a fight, you mean? Yeah. Jeez. <laughs> well, some nights I've just been, I've Clean. gone back down classes. Oh yeah, that's right. To kind of see what I can do. I knocked out an entire class southpaw under a minute 30, all of them straight. <laughs> Southpaw, I'm getting good too, by the way. I got a little boom, bang! Oh, wow. same oh, arm. Oh, yeah. yeah. The jab definitely increases. 
Yeah, well, they don't count my jabs. I think because they're so damn strong. How's the uppercutting? Is it coming still in? Or not, yeah, I still have yet to land one single fucking uppercut. Okay. The thing about my uppercut is it doesn't cut anything. Mm. <laughs> but it does go upper as hell. Okay. You know what I mean? But it's always hitting them in their sternum, their diaphragm. Yeah. And then while I'm doing that, I'm just eating a punch on the mm-hmm. other side. Yeah, see, I was thinking when I get mine, just going strictly fucking uppercuts <laughs> until I land one. Listen to this. <laughs> That's not a bad idea. <laughs> I'll come out of a, a round, like as soon as the bell rings, oh, yeah. and I will throw everything I have at him, okay? And I'm dead, uh-huh. and you look up, it's been 24 seconds. Ooh. Oh, we still got to sit here for another two minutes and 36 seconds. It is a real, there's a couple moments where you want to quit out there. Then obviously ping pong. Oh. I am sharpening my blade at ping pong. Mm-hmm. I would okay. like everybody to know that. Once I start streaming from the Oculus Arena, oh, yeah. and we're just taking challengers from all over the world, I think people are going to enjoy the ping pong that will be displayed while potentially talking and interviewing people. Because mm-hmm. you can talk directly to the person. For instance, me and Nick played last night, had a full 15, 20-minute conversation. Nice. He was getting introduced to the game. It was a lot of fun. I mean, this is – I think the Oculus Arena is really going to start to cook here a little bit. Nick's not bad, by the way. Oh. Really? I got to get on that training robot, though, and just get fed balls all the – pop, pop, Yeah, pop, I like that. That's what I'm saying about sharpening my sword. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, and just waiting. You'd rarely <laughs> see me just drop myself into something if I wasn't fully prepared because yeah. the potential shame I could – Oh, yeah. Bring to our entire show and family. Just can't happen. What, are you hitting 1,000 forehands a day? Yeah, you can move the target. Yeah, you can move move the target for where your AI guy hits it back to, and you can change the level. World class is where my guy's at now I'm playing against. Yeah, yeah, it gets – so my backhand has been sharpened because everybody knows in real ping pong, I throw paddle to left hand to forehands. So I had to really learn mm-hmm. the backhand. Now that I've got, by the way, you got to have the paddle straight up and down, I've realized. Really? Yeah, okay. when you have that thing sideways, that thing there's likely to go everywhere. So I go straight up and down with that. Do you thing. think this transfers to the real world with ping pong right now? Been thinking about that, to be honest. Do not mind if I never play an actual ping pong game. <laughs> don't need to. I don't have to pick up the ball. Don't have to yeah. do any of the shit. Don't have to potentially cut my hand on don't the goddamn need a huge table. table. Don't need any space. It it feels real enough, yeah. and there's no reason to ever go back on okay. it. But I have had that thought, like, will this transfer? And then I immediately go, man, who gives a fuck? So sorry to interrupt, but I want to let you know that if you're not gambling with FanDuel, you're wrong. Okay, FanDuel Sportsbook is available in uh, seven states, I believe, at this point. Uh, six, seven, eight. You get it. If you're not gambling with FanDuel Sportsbook, though, you're completely wrong. And if we're not in your state yet, we are coming to your state. We have better odds. We have a much easier to use app. The convenience is next level. The people at FanDuel actually refund people when they shouldn't refund people, giving back hundreds of millions and millions of dollars to their users. Users. FanDuel Sportsbook is the best sportsbook going for a lot of reasons, most of them what I just said. Uh, we are very thankful for our partnership with FanDuel, obviously. You know, uh, there was a little bit of a miscommunication last week between myself and FanDuel. We worked that out. That's kind of how things operate whenever you're in a business relationship with each other. But even if we weren't in a business relationship with FanDuel, it'd be hard to say that we wouldn't use the FanDuel Sportsbook app. There are so many different ways to win. There's more things to bet on. Their boosts seem to always hit, which is just fucking themselves over time and time again. Uh, we love the hell out of FanDuel Sportsbook, and you will too. If you haven't used it yet, use it now. Also, there's fantasy on there, daily fantasy, and free-to-play games where you can win money. Shout out to FanDuel. Shout out to you. Let's get back to the show. This song is called Don't Leave Me Lonely by the Late Night Special Band. It is one of our faves around here. 
And uh, I feel like this song does does not describe the man we're about to talk to. Not at all. Guy who maybe hasn't seen another human in what eight nine months at this point. Mm -hmm. Yeah, he's been holed up in his basement, mm -hmm. talking about humans fighting each other. Yeah, talking about you know business stuff, doing podcasts, mm -hmm. just in his basement, legitimately. Mom's basement operation. What a loser. Some oh. people would say he's a loser. I would say that in our particular bet against each other, he was the winner. Ah. And we have ordered two of his very poorly designed shirts, and they have not gotten here yet. But, hey, logistics are a mother in the middle of the pandemic. I wish I could have wore one of them today. It'll have to be next week when his team is probably eliminated from the playoffs. Yep. Ladies and gentlemen, Johnny Come Lately, Bill's Mafia member, Ariel Helwani. Yeah. I'm only sitting down, Patrick, if you apologize first. What am I apologizing for? For your tardiness, for your rudeness, for your targeting, your bullying on social media. I'd like for you to not only apologize to me, but apologize to the entire Bills Mafia. You're not wearing the t-shirt. That was the deal. We ordered it's it. Friday we ordered it. It's on you. It's Friday, and here you are calling me five days after our bet. How dare you, Patrick? How dare you? And so here I am. <laughs> representing Bill's Mafia and Poncho Billa. May he rest in peace. Bill's fans know who I'm talking about. I've got Poncho Power. Because we're moving on to the second round, Patrick. Uh, and Lamar round. Jackson, you've never played in the snow before. Well, guess what? There's some lake effects, snow coming your <laughs> way, brother, on Saturday night. Because Bill's Mafia and that man, Joshua Allen and Jonathan Feliciano and Devin Singletary and Stephon Diggs are going to run wild on you. And A.J. Hawk, you better you better take that silly look off your face because I've got something coming for you as well. I'll slap it right off your face. Yeah. Don't you dare look at me like that ever again. Uh, Ariel, thanks for coming on the show. I ain't apologizing to shit, especially a guy that's wearing that mask. Can you just riddle me one little thing? Where did the guy behind you go to school at, college? Uh, he went to uh, Wyoming. Oh, oh yeah. Well, I was thinking that was such a stupid question. I thought it was like a trick question, sort of like when I asked you what you were going to be doing on Monday night. Would you be on the left or right or Lewis Riddick? And, of course, I forgot that you never got the job and will never get the job. <laughs> What's next? What else you got? All right. So Thurman Thomas jersey. Listen to me. You didn't believe that we were going to win. And you, I know, I know you were hoping. You were hoping that they wouldn't call that a fumble. On Saturday afternoon, it we was, all know that was a no, fumble. You was, know, you I know, know. I know. You could admit that was a fumble. Yeah, it was right? a fumble. There's a lot of things that happened in that game that I don't necessarily love. You guys get a win, but now you got to take on a team. You said he hasn't played in snow because he kind of trolled that in games of 40 degrees or less or something like that. Uh, I think he's eight and one or eight and two at yep. this point. Lamar Jackson, he's potentially going to run wild Who? on you and Bills Who? Mafia. I've never heard of him. Never heard of him. That's because you're not a football guy. Was. Yeah, whatever. What has he ever done? Listen, what did I tell you last week? Frank Reich, in his heart, is a Bills guy. 
And what did I tell you? I mean, Frank gave us a couple of presents last night. <laughs> I mean, it was all kinds of blunders left and right. I still love you, Frank. I'll never turn on you like AJ turned on me. AJ and I used to actually be tough. We used to be like close together. Like we were actually like boys. He, I, I was on his podcast. Now he's turned on me. Like the guy's totally turned on me. Totally <laughs> no sells me when I come on the show. Wants nothing to do with me. Thinks he's got a cooler backdrop than I do. I mean, it's unbelievable with this guy. Well, guess what, AJ? I don't need your friendship in my life. You know why? Because I got Josh. I got Devin. I got Stefan. I got Gabriel Davis. Who else do you want? You? What about that? What about that? What's the name of the kicker? What's the name of the kicker? Come on, Tyler, big balls back. Tyler Bass, the rookie. I love Tyler Bass. What about the secondary? Micah Hyde and Jordan Ployer. I mean, it reminds me of the good old days in, in, in the early 90s with the secondary that we had over there. I mean, what else do you want from me? What else do you want? You want to talk about my Conor McGregor exclusive one-on-one airing Sunday morning on SportsCenter? What do you no, want? No, no. Everybody knows that's going to be on ESPN. It's going to be impossible to find. I'll wait for it to get on the internet because ESPN will put it on the Ocho because that's where Ariel lives. I'm not saying you deserve it. By the way, you don't deserve it. But I, I assume it'll be a good interview. With your interview with Connor, uh, did, did anything new come of it or was it just the same recycled shit that you normally do? No, it was weird because he actually made a point at the beginning of the interview to say, hey, do you know that third tier kicker that used to play in the NFL and copied me and that's really his claim to fame? Can you tell him I want the royalties from the claim to fame? Because yeah, without me, yeah. no one would know who he is. Yeah. Can I be can, can I have? Whoa! Who the hell is that? Yes. Can I have a rare moment of, of human with you? Is that even a thing? No. I'm nervous. I'll be honest. I'm nervous. Okay. I am nervous about are we going to win 52 to 14 or is it going to be a closer game like 52 to 30? That's what I'm nervous about. On so Saturday you just night. went from the Prime Conor time. McGregor interview. Ariel, what are you doing? Okay, this isn't okay. ESPN News, right? Let, let's stick okay. to what we're talking about. The, <laughs> <laughs> the Conor McGregor exclusive. That's awesome, yeah. by the way. I saw you promoting that on social media. That's really cool. How'd the conversation go? How was it set up? Okay, okay. I'll drop. I'll drop the uh, the bill stuff stuff for a second. Um, we did that interview at four a.m. in Astoria, Queens. So you were joking about me not leaving the house. In fact, my streak is now over because I had to go to Astoria, Queens <laughs> to do this interview. Uh, he was in Dubai. I was in uh, Astoria, Queens, like I said. Um, and uh, you know, I wasn't sure which kind of Conor McGregor I would be speaking to. If I had to guess, I I thought I was going to speak to an irritated. Conor McGregor, a Conor McGregor who felt like his 2020 was was robbed from him, that he had these big plans to fight three times against, you know, um, the top guys and win the belt back and fight Manny Pacquiao. He had these really big plans. He was going to be very active. And obviously none of that happened. He fought for 40 seconds. I thought we were going to see an irritated, annoyed, pissed off Conor who retired and all that stuff. In fact, I got the complete opposite. I got the most relaxed Conor McGregor that I've ever talked to. He was slouching. He was chilling. He was wearing slippers. His kid was running around behind him. Sometimes people read into this stuff a little too much. I'll just tell you this. He is very calm. He is very relaxed. And the fear that the weight cut isn't going well for him because, you know, this is his first time fighting at 155 in over two years. That doesn't seem to be an issue. Sometimes he'll get a little ornery, sort of like you after I beat you last week. Not the case. Not the case this time. So if you're a Conor fan, I think these are all some good signs. What do you got, AJ? Are you just going to sit there and look pretty or are you going to ask me oh, a question? Good. What's your problem? I got a follow-up to you. Ariel, I got a follow-up. I was going to I was trying to be nice to you for a second. Two-part question. First, I know you're kind of Connor's guy. He he brought you over. You did a pay-per-view sit-down interview, I guess that they they presented. You could buy it. 
I think you didn't get paid. You got stiffed. I know that. So I want to see how that how is that going? Good for you. How's Connor doing? Also, would you rather the Bills lose now in a divisional round or just get to the Super Bowl and lose? Like which one? Uh, Great question, uh, AJ. AJ. Those are two good questions. Yeah, very good questions. You know what we learned there? See, see, AJ just uh, confirmed something that I said. He's a Helwani Mark. I mean, only a Helwani Mark would know details like that about me getting stiffed on the paper. So I appreciate you, AJ. Even though you've turned on me, I know deep down you're a Helwannabe, all right? I know that you're part of the Helwannabe. I got 50%. Unfortunately, I got 50%. But look, you know, he, he, he wanted the best in the game. Uh, a few others weren't available, so they called me. opportunity. <laughs> Um, I enjoy the interviews. He's always loyal to me. I, I, I was the first show to ever have him in North America as a guest back in 2013. So the chats are always good. It's a different guy. You know, he's talked to some other people. But, I mean, you saw that promo, Pat. I mean, that was better than most, you know, movie trailers in, in 2021. I mean, could you, could you imagine I did not a see like it. that? I did not I mean, watch it. Tremendous. I did not see it, it or watch it. Nope. I did not uh, see it or watch it. I blocked for, you. I blocked you. As for, I'm talking, okay, Pat? <laughs> quite that. Okay. As for part two of your, of your question, AJ, uh, I feel very strongly about the fact that the monkey will be lifted. We shall win. I told you this last week. You probably weren't listening. You weren't paying attention. I don't know. You may be reading one of those fake books behind you. Listen, whoa, we're whoa. going back to Tampa 30 years, 30 years after wide right, 30 years after Scott Norwood. I know you guys have never heard of Scott Norwood, but 30 years ago, yeah. trust me on this. He missed a field goal against the uh, New York Giants 20 to 19. 30 years later, we are writing that wrong. Led by this man, old Joshua <laughs> Allen himself, the mayor of Allentown. All right. This call stinks. What? That's it? That's you, all you got? You've Nothing? ruined the show. You took the mask off. Show got worse. You yeah. know what I mean? 10-7. No, you, you want seven. Oh, no, no, Patrick, no, you want to know. Yeah, Are it's you, you versus the quality of the show. You, you beat the quality of the show 10-7. to seven. You just beat it to fucking death. You <laughs> oh, did it. You came oh, out swinging. Oh, and, you know what I mean? The, the only sure thing that you ever have. I mean, are you kidding me? The guest lineup. Who do I need to talk to over there? Mansuri? I mean, the guest line, the quality of guests that you guys have been pulling lately. So pathetic. You had a Nickelodeon kid. You had a fourth <laughs> Scratching the surface. Anytime you need me, okay? I'm right here. I'll be sitting here with this jersey next Friday, getting ready for the AFC Championship. The only question is, the only question is, will the Chiefs be there waiting for us? Or will it be those other losers from Lake Erie? The Cleveland Sad Sack Browns. The Browns is the Browns. The Browns is the Browns. (laughs) (laughs) All right, hold on, Ariel. Just real quick. Let's go into something you do know something about, okay? There's a fight this weekend. Why would they ever think about scheduling anything during divisional round NFL weekend, okay? We got two games Saturday, two games Sunday. Is this Mm -hmm. fight at like noon before the games get going, or when is it? So there's there's a little crossover, uh, main card noon Eastern. Oh. Uh, excuse me, prelims, new Eastern, uh, main card three to six. So there's a bit of a crossover. But here's the thing. Here's the thing. This isn't just your, your old, you know, rinky-dink card. This isn't your run-of-the-mill event. This is historic, Patrick. And I'm happy you asked me that. I'm happy you're able to give me this opportunity to, uh, to, to pump something up for the company. This is the first time, first time in the history of the American broadcasting company, the prestigious ABC, those three letters, which you will never sniff as a member of the Monday Night Football team. But let me tell you something, a network that has been airing boxing since 1949, a network that Muhammad Ali fought on 19 times, of course, Howard Cosell, and the list goes on and on, Sugar Ray Leonard, first time ever that there's live MMA fighting on ABC and the first time in 21 years that there's any kind of fighting on ABC. The last boxing event was June of 2000. It's a big deal. 
This is a really big deal. I hope they. I hope DC breaks out that yellow jacket. You know the ABC. Yeah. You know, Cosell. I hope they break that out. Yeah. It's a big deal. So I hope you'll watch as well. Yeah. You ever been on ABC? You. At, uh, yes, I was on the Christmas Day game just a couple of weeks ago as uh, Kevin Durant and the Brooklyn Nets defeated the Boston Celtics. I don't know if you saw that game. It was five o'clock prime time. Mark Jones, <laughs> Doris Burke, Helwani. It was a great little, great little game. <laughs> People, have you ever been invited back? Well, you know, it was just a couple of weeks ago, so. <laughs> <laughs> they have my no- Hey, can I play you a little song as I, as, I, as, I, as I get out of here? Hold on, hold on. One question. One more question. One more question. No, no, you can't. Oh, no. Stop doing You're going to get us a strike on here. You need to turn that off. Right. Oh, Jay right. just muted him. Yeah, yeah. Jay muted him. Yeah, you're <laughs> muted. Will you stop the music? You're muted. I still can't. There you go. Hey, um, Habib and uh, and Dana White met behind closed doors in Abu Dhabi today. It's making yes. its rounds on the internet. Uh, yes. Khabib retired after his last fight. He said it was a conversation with his mom after his dad passed away. His dad wanted him to get to 30 and 0 or something. He's now currently at 29 and 0, but something else was. Is he coming back? What's going on? Dana's trying to make this happen. Do you know any inside information? Or is the fact that you're hated by everybody at the UFC kind of hold you back from getting this type of information? That's funny. Can you put the camera on the producer who's feeding you all this inside stuff? Because we know for sure you no. have no idea. No, I saw it. I saw, it. I saw the video. I saw the video. Yeah, saw the they, video. they had the video. They had the camera person behind them, uh-huh. and then Dana White like basically held the camera out. They shut the door. It was real reality TV. It made its way onto the internet, dude. I seen yeah, it. Yeah, it was great promotion. It was promotion one hundred and one. Um, at first, I was like, "Oh, this is getting to be a little much." But you know what's my takeaway from all that? And I say this. You know, as an insider, because I actually like they called me on conference. They wanted me to help broker the deal. Sort of like, you know, when like Oakley got banned from MSG, they called Michael Jordan to broker the deal. So sort of like that. They called the GOAT to broker the deal. And um, my take is Habib wouldn't engage in this kind of hoopla. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Get to it. Gotcha. You know, we don't have time. Game of shot. This Mickey Mouse bullshit. By the way, Ariel, I call him back. Call him back, by the way. Please call him back. <laughs> I got something to say to him. He's calling us back. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Answer that. Please answer that. Please Quick answer that. Figure on that. Okay. Please answer that. Go ahead. And what happened? Ariel, I decide when this conversation's over. You, you son of a question <laughs> <laughs> and hang up on me. Listen, just when you think you know all the answers, Patrick, <laughs> I changed the questions around here. Cool Bills Mafia. I'm not going to tell. I was going to break some news for you right now. I was legitimately no. extend no. a peace offering. Yes. What, what was want it? it? What was it going to be? Gonna, okay, I'm telling you. Habib was in the meeting. Dana gave him a great pitch. It was phenomenal. And then... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Too Classic. easy. Hey, too good. simple. Uh-huh. Too simple, Hiawani. Yeah. Nice try. Hey, Jay, I didn't know you and Hiawani were good friends. Whoa. Yeah, I talked to him years ago. I've talked to him here and there uh, <laughs> over time. Yeah, I used to do an uh, MMA show on Sirius, so yeah. Hawk and Helwani. Ooh. Helwani and Hawk. Oh. oh it's not with not with Ariel, but uh, joke would be on him if he xed out and his number got put up there for everybody to see. Awesome. Oh, that would be. Awesome. Could just could just release it on accident. <laughs> you know? Whoops. Tom Green did that to uh, his uh, the Glenn Humplick. 
You remember, is Glenn Humplick, right, was the name of the guy? Yeah. On the other side of Tom Green? Yep. So Tom Green, do you remember the Tom Green show? Do you remember yep. that? Yeah. He had that corner uh, studio at Times Square or whatever, and the gimmick was that he had every, he had Glenn Humplick's numbers on, like, uh, those score things that flip over, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? And for everything that Glenn did or whatever, uh, he would reveal one number. Uh, but that number was projected to the on the other side to the uh, Times Square or whatever. So he got like 7,000 calls bombarded with it. Yeah, that's what we should do to Ariel Hawani. Might as well. Just read it off. All right, so if you want to call Ariel Hawani, (laughs) give him a call at... Nine? No, I'm joking. Ah, five, five, five. By the way, you know the first number. That is yeah. the first number. There you go. So good luck. Yeah. It's possible. Good luck with the rest of them. AJ, AJ, let's go. It's time for you to make your picks, okay? Yeah. Four games, oh, yeah. divisional round weekend. Who's going to make it to the championship game of their conference? Who's potentially going to represent their conference in the Super Bowl? Ooh. Who's going to get down to Tampa Bay and win it all? We'll find that out next week, this week. Who's going to earn the opportunity to play in the game to earn the opportunity? Opportunity to get to the Super Bowl to tell us how it's going to go, who's going to cover, who's not. Ladies and gentlemen, Mr. AJ Hall. Yeah! Yeah! First game of the weekend: Rams at Packers, Saturday, 4:36 p.m. Packers are favored by six and a half points. Rogers over under on passing yards 257 and a half. Goff over under 216 and a half. I think you hammer the under on that for Goff. Probably the over on that for Rogers. Mm-hmm. How do you see this game going? And what do you feel we should be hammering, AJ Hawk? Well, you can hammer the under for golf on 216, but you never know. Like, what if he sneaks in two screen passes for 120 <laughs> yards? Like, that that can happen. I could see them trying to work the screen game a little bit if you're the Rams. But, no, I like the Packers to win, and I think they cover the six and a half. Okay. Wow. You like the way Aaron's going to play this weekend. It feels I like, like – I love the, the Rams' defense, and I love Jalen Ramsey. I think he's going to have a good game. I think Aaron Donald's going to fight through and play well. But I just think their offense isn't powerful enough to, to keep up, especially – if Green Bay can find a way to get on the board early and play with a lead, I just don't see how the Rams can come back. Packers minus six and a half. Goff under 216 and a half says prognosticator A.J. Hawk Saturday night. Over 216 for Goff. What? Because he could sneak in a few cheap like screen passes that pick up a bunch of yardage for him. Okay. Packers minus six and a half. Goff over on a technicality 216 and a half. Saturday night, prime time. Ravens at Bills. Bills favored by two and a half. Lamar's over under is 197 and a half passing. Josh Allen over under 296 and a half. How do you see this game panning out? Know that the Bills have not been fantastic against the run. That seems like that is the Ravens' strength. How do you feel about this game? Prime time, Saturday night, division around football. Well, I mean, it's it. Whether you're great against the run or not, it's a different run game you're facing when Lamar Jackson is such a threat. There's Whoa. so many different things and responsibilities you have to to figure out, and, and we know See the ya. other backs they have too can pound it. So I still like the Bills to win, and I like them to cover. I think they have. There's something going on right now in Buffalo. Like McDermott has created a nice environment. I'm not saying they're going to win at all. But I, I think they're going to be contending for the title here for for a while now. Is that Ariel Hawani maybe way uh, are kind of kind of like oozing into your mind, mm-hmm. or is that real feelings there that you've had all week? No, they're they're going to win despite Ariel's fandom of the team. 
Oh, bingo. Sunday, 3.05 p.m., the Cleveland Browns, who have their head coach back, amongst other players back as well, at the Chiefs. Chiefs got the weekend off, number one seed in the AFC at home. They're favored by 10 points. Mahomes over-under, 320.5 yards. Baker over-under, 260.5. The last time, not the last time, one of the times these two played against each other in college, uh, Texas Tech, Oklahoma, Pat threw for 734 yards. And Baker threw for 565 yards in a win against. I mean, it was a classic shootout. Oh, yeah. mm-hmm. How do you feel this game goes, AJ Hawk? I mean, a 10 point spread in the divisional round of the playoffs. Is this one of the biggest they've had in a while? I would assume, yes. I would assume that it does not get much larger than this whenever it comes to the final eight teams in the NFL. Yeah, I. I hate the I hate the 10 point spread. I'd still want to take the Chiefs and say they cover. I'm not 100% confident in that, but if I had to place a bet, I would say the Chiefs win in the cover. Feels like there's a chance they're dancing in the first quarter. If you try to envision this game, you know, just trying to close your eyes mm-hmm. and just say, how do I think this game's going to go? How do I see this game going? I would like to bet on this game because there's only – Seven more NFL games left in this season. So I would like to, you know, bet on this game. I could see it going both ways. I could see the end of the game being very close and Patrick Mahomes, Travis Kelsey having to make a play and winning by two, four, six, something like that. Because that is how their season has been. But then also, every once in a while, if I'm on the right vitamin strain, I could see Patrick Mahomes dancing in the first quarter up 21 and then just kind of continue to pull away because they know it's playoff time and they're dialing it in. That one's a very tough one for me to uh, judge, especially with the 10 points, because everything you said is accurate about the Browns covering, but the Chiefs could be dancing all over the end zone all weekend. I mean, a week rest, you know what I mean? I mean, allegedly they were studying film on everybody they could have been playing, so they had an idea going into this week. They got the Browns. I love the Browns, okay? Love Jarvis Landry, but it just feels like there's a chance that them Chiefs are going to be running piggyback rides down the sideline all of a sudden. Let's go to the final game. Sunday night football, 85 years of age between the two quarterbacks. Whoa. Brady Breeze. Breeze has beat Brady two times this year in Brady's first year in the NFC South. Welcome to the party down here. We run things in the bayou. Now, is it hard to beat a team three times in one year? Everybody says yes. But is this Saints team built to beat this Bucks team, especially in this pivotal moment. AJ Hawk, your thoughts? Yeah, they might be. I don't think they are. I think the Bucks win. I think they okay. cover. I just don't think I think Tom is getting a little he's gotten like a a little sniff of what it would feel like to take the Bucks to the Super Bowl and win. And he his crazy competitiveness, I think he feels that. And he's like, all right, this is it. Like Patriots are out of the playoffs. I don't have any ill will towards them, but wouldn't it feel really, really good to go out here my first year and take this team to the Super Bowl? And put a lot of those conversations to bed quickly. Yep. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That Saints defense, dude. Just a few weeks ago, we were talking about this being the only defense in the NFC that you think that you could literally carry the team to the Super Bowl because of how good and how dominant they are at all three levels. And then whenever you talk about the offense with Drew Brees and Taysom Hill and the boys and Kamara, obviously, there's a real thought that that's going to be – by the way, all four games, I'm very pumped up about. You like the Bucs. You like the Chiefs. You like the Bills. And you like the Packers. Yes, I do. Man. Here we go. 
What's a, so we should bet everything we have on that? All of our Bitcoin? Yeah, parlay. Sounds, Sounds like it. Should we bet all of our Bitcoin on it? Yeah, you can do whatever you want. How full of shit, by the way, is that guy saying he's got $220 million in Bitcoin? He doesn't know the password. That guy's full of fucking shit. Yeah. So he made bit. peace with it, actually. Uh, yeah, I bet uh-huh. he did. Yeah. Fucking his lie. Because <laughs> what? You can never prove it, right? Uh-huh. You can never ever prove it. That's the thing about Bitcoin is it's like so hidden and unhackable that that guy could literally be completely full of shit at this point. We would never know. Mm-hmm. And if you have $220 million somewhere, like, yo, I mean, you... It should not take you 10 times to remember how to fuck to get to it. If yeah. you do, by the way, congrats to you not giving a single fuck. This is like Kyrie Irving losing out on $867,000 and mm-hmm. just being like, yeah, no big deal. I'll come back next week. Yeah, I mean, if that password is, in fact, long gone, then so would this guy. I mean, he would kill himself immediately. There's just no two are ways you, about it. Oh, you're talking about Victoria's Secret. Yeah, yeah, exactly. He's jumping off the Golden Gate Bridge. See ya. Being a millionaire is cool. You know what else is cool? Being a billionaire. Oh. The founder of Victoria's Secret sold it for blah, 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 a million. Pretty cool, right? Yeah. yeah. Next year it was worth 10x that. You know what they happened? They found him underneath a bridge in San Francisco. Damn. Don't do that, Zuck. Nope. <laughs> Zuck took that conversation very seriously, by the way. He's like, I'm going to make all the billions I can fucking make. He changed his life. I ain't jumping off with no bridges. No, no. <laughs> nope. I am changing everything. I'm selling an ad for everything. People can pay for whatever they need. Mm-hmm. I'm going to make all the billions because I ain't going to be like the lingerie guy. Mm-hmm. That ain't going to be me. Smart. Shout out to uh, Napster guy. Yeah. yeah Sean, Sean Parker. Parker yeah. I mean, the guy, the other friend of Zuck who didn't go all in whenever he knew he had a hammer, uh, something you should hammer, and he decided to stay in New York, and he kind of got, you know. Eduardo Savage. Diluted out or whatever. Mm-hmm. Sean Parker, 4%, $4 billion walked away. Jesus. He did get all the billions. I think Eduardo made quite a bit of money, too. What about Seven Napster? Did, did Sean Parker make money off Napster? Uh, no, he, he probably lost money off that, right? I would assume. Yeah. Cleaned out. But it gave him, by the way, street cred enough to, for Zuck to even take the phone call. Yep. You know what I mean? So he did win. He, yeah, he earned $4 billion wow. from Napster. Good for him. That's what he did. He earned $4 billion from Napster. Because he did. When Napster came around, and the Youngs might not know this, it was a game changer. Awesome. It was a complete game changer for everybody. Now, musicians hated it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Obviously, they did not like it for good reason, a lot of hard work or whatever. But if you were just a kid who just, you know, Hey, here's some music. I'm just going to go and listen free. Kind yep. of get around the system here. Old Sean Parker really helped us out. And then he inevitably got killed and crumbled. Slaughtered. And, and then kind of came out through the ashes <laughs> or whatever after having sex with a college girl. Oh, yes. yeah. Mm-hmm. Never, I mean. This week, who's going to earn the opportunity to play in the game to earn the opportunity to get to the Super Bowl? To tell us how it's going to go, who's going to cover, who's not. Ladies and gentlemen, Mr. A.J. Hall. Yeah! yeah! First game of the weekend, Rams at Packers, Saturday, 4.36 p.m. Packers are favored by six and a half points. Rodgers over under on passing yards, 257 and a half. Goff over under, 216 and a half. I think you hammer the under on that for Goff, probably the over on that for Rodgers. Mm-hmm. How do you see this game going, and what do you feel we should be hammering, A.J. Hawk? Well, you can hammer the under for Goff on 216, but you never know. Like, What if he sneaks in two screen passes for 120 <laughs> yards? Like that, that can happen. I could see them trying to work the screen game a little bit if you're the Rams. But, no, I like the Packers to win, and I think they cover the six and a half. Okay. Wow. You like the way Aaron's going to play this weekend. It feels I like, like- – 
I love the the Rams defense, and I love Jalen Ramsey. I think he's going to have a good game. I think Aaron Donald's going to fight through and play well. But I just think their offense isn't powerful enough to to keep up, especially if Green Bay can find a way to get on the board early and play with a lead. I just don't see how the Rams can come back. Packers minus six and a half. Goff under two sixteen and a half. Says prognosticator AJ Hawk Saturday over, night over two sixteen for Goff. What? Because he could sneak in a few cheap like screen passes that pick up a bunch of yardage for him. Okay, Packers minus six and a half. Goff over on a technicality, two sixteen and a half. Saturday night prime time. Ravens at Bills. Bills favored by two and a half. Lamar's over under is one ninety seven and a half passing. Josh Allen over under two ninety six and a half. How do you see this game panning out? Know that the Bills have not been fantastic against the run. That seems like that is the Ravens' strength. How do you feel about this game? Prime time Saturday night division around football. Well, I mean it's it. Whether you're great against the run or not, it's a different run game you're facing when Lamar Jackson is such a threat. There's Whoa. so many different things and responsibilities you have to to figure out, and, and we know See the ya. other backs they have too can pound it. So I still like the Bills to win, and I like them to cover. I think they have. There's something going on right now in Buffalo. Like McDermott has created a nice environment. I'm not saying they're going to win at all. But I, I think they're going to be contending for the title here for for a while now. Is that Ariel Hawani maybe way uh, are kind of kind of like oozing into your mind, mm-hmm. or is that real feelings there that you've had all week? No, they're they're going to win despite Ariel's fandom of the team. Oh, bingo. Sunday, 3.05 p.m., the Cleveland Browns, who have their head coach back, amongst other players back as well, at the Chiefs. Chiefs got the weekend off, number one seed in the AFC at home. They're favored by 10 points. Mahomes over-under, 320 and a half wow, yards. Geez. Baker over-under, 260 and a half. The last time, not the last time, one of the times these two played against each other in college, uh, Texas Tech, Oklahoma, Pat threw for 734 yards. And Baker threw for 565 yards in a win against. I mean, it was a classic shootout oh, down here. Mm-hmm. How do you feel this game goes, AJ Hawk? I mean, a 10 point spread in the divisional round of the playoffs. Is this one of the biggest they've had in a while? I would assume, yes. I would assume that it does not get much larger than this whenever it comes to the final eight teams in the NFL. Yeah, I. I hate the I hate the 10 point spread. I'd still want to take the Chiefs and say they cover. I'm not 100% confident in that, but if I had to place a bet, I would say the Chiefs win in the cover. Feels like there's a chance they're dancing in the first quarter. If you try to envision this game, you know, just trying to close your eyes mm-hmm. and just say, how do I think this game's going to go? How do I see this game going? I would like to bet on this game because there's only – Seven more NFL games left in this season. So I would like to, you know, bet on this game. I could see it going both ways. I could see the end of the game being very close and Patrick Mahomes, Travis Kelsey having to make a play and winning by two, four, six, something like that. Because that is how their season has been. But then also, every once in a while, if I'm on the right vitamin strain, I could see Patrick Mahomes dancing in the first quarter up 21 and then just kind of continue to pull away because they know it's playoff time and they're dialing it in. Hey, can't thank you enough for choosing to listen to this show. I know there's a lot of other options out there. The fact that you allow us to penetrate your ear holes, we are very, very grateful. Um, I mean, it's divisional round weekend, okay? Yeah. Two games Saturday, two games Sunday. Mm-hmm. There's some humans fighting each other in between there. Yep. I mean, let's have an incredible weekend. I mean, the world is nowhere near what it was. You know, it's not nowhere near as open. There's still a bunch of bullshit going on all over the world. But this weekend, if you're a football fan, 
Best weekend ever. Hell yeah. We got playoff football, baby. Four great games. Yeah. Who's going to make it a Super Bowl? Who? Who's for real? Who's who's Fugazi? Pretenders. Contenders. I'm excited. Big weekend. Uh, and we'll be here for beautiful Overreaction Monday. Mm-hmm. Overreacting to everything that happened on Saturday and Sunday. Couple big time guests. Oh, yeah. Big time guests. Oh, yeah. Be a friend, tell a friend this weekend if you can. If not, tweet alongside us while watching the games. We'll be active on the internet. We can't wait to hear from you. We appreciate you. Ty, please play some independent music. Thank you all so much for this week. We'll see you next week. This has been the Pat McAfee Show 2.0.